dude, you turned chicken shit into some yeah. palatable chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that what? I know what. Oh, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. Oh, dear. It's because you spilled the water, wasn't it? Yep. Anyway, <laughs> one more clapperboard? No, let's keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Glasshouse Game Show, recorded in London at Glasshouse Brick Lane. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and today I'm joined by Maggie. Hi. Alex P. Hello. And special guest, Carl Anker. Honk, honk. <laughs> Uh, today we're going to talk about video game movies, but first, Carl, for the benefit of anyone who doesn't already know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I am a journalist who's covered things in music, video games, sports, comic books, wrestling, food. Knees. Uh, <laughs> knees. A lot of knees. Uh, I've written a lot about butts. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm very curious and I write loads about loads of things. I perform tasks for money, basically. Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> Uh, so how come you're in London right now? Because you don't live here. So we were lucky to get you on the show. Yes. Uh, so I'm a football journalist at this current point in time. Uh, and there was a football and game. they play football here? They do. <laughs> I, I, I currently cover Southampton Football Club. So they were playing against West Ham on the Saturday. Yeah. But well, I've got family in London. So I decided to stay here. And also... And you wanted to see us? Yeah. Excellent. And I'm right near Bagel Bake, which is always a good day out. Come here, eat bagels. Uh, I was actually worried when I first met Carl because he covers Southampton and I was born in Portsmouth and I thought we were going to be <laughs> rivals. And the Southampton scummers, as they say. Skate. You terrible skate. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about football today unless it comes up naturally, uh, as with the conversation about knees that we had before we started recording. Uh, we are talking about video game movies, primarily because of the recent release of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, but also, I read today uh, in the news that the Uncharted movie, which is apparently coming out next year, just got its seventh director. <laughs> so because clearly away. going very well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, so it feels like a good time to talk about why these adaptations tend not to do so well. Uh, so mm. in case you missed it somehow last month on Valentine's Day 2020 uh, Sega and Paramount Pictures released a film called Sonic the Hedgehog based on the video game franchise of the same name uh, directed by Jeff Fowler starring James Marsden and Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz as Sonic himself uh, it was originally meant to come out in 2019 but it was postponed because of the public response to the design of Sonic as seen in the first trailer so if you haven't seen the movie but you have heard about it that is probably why um Interestingly, the director from Sonic Mania Adventures was brought in to lead uh, the redesign of the character. The animated... The video game. The really interesting there is obviously Sonic Mania, Sonic Mania was more or less like a bunch of fans who were kind of making a Sonic game in their spare time. And then Sonic Team went, no, you should make it for us. But mm -hmm. Sonic Mania or Sonic Mania Adventures? Sonic, Sonic Mania. Mania. Okay, for Sonic okay. Mania Adventures is an Hold animated. Hold on. It's an animated. Hold uh, on. Sonic Mania is in the game. Let's um, find out. As, AKA the greatest Sonic game of all time. I said it. I said it. Sonic it is very too. good. Sonic Mania is very <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's got utterly infuriating boss fights. It's words. Jeff Fowler. Is the director of this. That's the director film. of the movie. Hold on. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Fact-checking should get kids to do this. Tyson. That's the most things I ever Tyson Hesse. Sonic Drowning. 
<laughs> oh, terrifying. I hate it. It was my alarm clock theme. Why? Anytime I've got exams. What? Wow. Or, or anytime I've got a cram. Because I'm not snoozing that noise ever. Yeah. It's just, uh, react. Kit, can you find out for me? Can you reiterate what I'm saying? The director, the, so the director from Sonic Mania or Sonic Mania Adventures led the redesign of the character for the movie. Uh, and I wrote down Sonic Mania Adventures, but Alex is telling me that that is not a video game. Sonic Mania is a video game. It's a great video. It's a great video game. A very good one. His name is Tyson Hesse. Great. Tyson. <laughs> do you want to talk about something else in the meantime? Sure. I'm or? Googling. Let's do that. We so, talk about knees. Yeah. The really interesting thing about the Sonic movie is the first Sonic, first video game movie that's ever experienced crunch because obviously they have to do the redesign. And then it had this whole thing of, oh God, now we have to support this film because they've spent so long doing the redesign. And mm. then obviously what happened was the film got released and they shut down the animation studio. Yeah. Oh, the it says problem director, is director Sonic Mania Adventures. So maybe it is the animation rather than the That's video game. But it also says sense, previously right? Sonic Mega Drive. It's too much Sonic. There's a lot of Sonic out there. <laughs> uh there's a lot of Sonic <laughs> of varying quality, uh, unknown to anybody who's seen the film, I guess, uh, who hasn't seen the film where this sits on the spectrum of varying quality of Sonic <laughs> We are media. soon to find out. I feel as if it fits really perfectly into the Sonic cycle of which... Like good, bad, No, good, so the bad. Sonic cycle is this meme that Sonic fans created where basically every now and again a Sonic product comes out and it's like, oh my God, this could finally be the Sonic product to, to restore Sonic's name and bring it back on a, a pedestal akin to Mario. And it's finally going to be a great bit of thing. And it's like, you go through the five stages of just, oh, it's going to be great. And then, it, and then it comes out and, oh no, I'm disappointed again. And then you, you repeat the cycle all over again. It's like was a very... Sonic not in, initially introduced to rival Mario as well? Was he like Sega's answer to... I thought that was the case. So yeah, the original up. Mega Drive um, mascot was Alex Kidd. No. I, I believe it's Alex That Kidd. guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the Sonic Hedgehog game came out. And I went, oh, that's what people want. The yeah. funny thing is when PlayStation tried to come up with a mascot to <laughs> challenge. They did a couple. I mean, as Crash Bandicoot was maybe <gasps> Unofficial. The they, yeah. I don't There's know if they ever have. phone here. <gasps> that's mine. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as Carl mentioned, the animation studio that worked on the movie uh, was closed mm. in December 2019. Not, I, d I mean, no one's saying that it was closed as a result of the work on the Sonic movie. It's just, you know, money and blah, blah, blah. And Their board of directors was probably saying it's the result of them. The problem is capitalism. I've also <laughs> heard that they didn't crunch, but I'm not sure I believe it. Yeah. So If you have to redesign and then reanimate the entirety, every single, every single scene, to then also fit, like, I assume they didn't redo the lines and mm. bring the actors back out because that would cost another fortune. Uh, I mean, think, obviously it's not the same time as uh the you know monsters inc or whatever but they to animate just a single one of those monsters took like a year or something like that because all that wasn't monsters inc one of the first i mean yeah it's yeah. a different time than that but it's still like i can't imagine that they just threw that together and that's talking about monsters inc being coming from one of the biggest animation studios mm -hmm. in the world versus this presumably smaller the, the comparison i want to draw is with the cats movie uh, which obviously people, you know, gleefully shared screenshots and clips of things where things hadn't quite been 
done right you know yeah. the cgi hadn't been applied effectively were there any so for context maggie's the only person among us who has seen this movie in london <laughs> yeah maggie's the only person in london who has seen sonic the hedgehog um were there any bits where you're like oh they haven't quite fixed that right like there's obviously remnants of the older sonic design no actually oh that's a good so, sign yeah i think they probably did the best they could in that time frame mm. yeah fair enough so it wasn't like in the irishman where uh they had to like unage robert de niro no, 70 years or something I mean, it, sonic on screen on the big screen looked just like i thought he would mm. nothing like the very first one that came out <laughs> <laughs> terrifying how would you scary. describe that sonic oh my god <laughs> why did he have teeth <laughs> yeah i was I gonna mean, ask sonic kind of to chew okay <laughs> <laughs> no give sonic yeah. teeth don't deprive yeah. him of the ability to eat food i think but maybe not <laughs> i think yeah. it is a hedgehog it's just blue the hedgehogs have teeth surely yes surely yes i've heard a hedgehog crunching when <laughs> youtube <laughs> i look this stuff up i like hedgehogs i try to learn how to care about them were you specifically like typing into youtube like hedgehog Hedge. crunching oh, oh wow kit <laughs> all right that makes okay. sense hedgehogs have yeah. teeth they also do run very fast for and, their size and there's there's the original sonic designed for a movie with teeth mm. looking quite horrified yeah with the very <laughs> far apart eyes so yeah i was going to ask everyone before we talk to maggie about the film itself whether we thought the criticisms of the uh, original design were fair absolutely that's car <laughs> nodding on this audio podcast with an expression yeah not just like like, a... that, that's, that's not sonic that is i don't know what that is that's going to be an easter egg in a future sonic game Yeah. It's like in, in the Spider-Man movie where they had all the different Spider-Mans from the different universes. That's like Sonic from the dark universe. Of course. Yeah. Um, what I also want to know is whether you think this will be the precedent for more angry fans demanding change mm. in future. I don't know if it's a, pres a precedent. I feel like there's the very rich history of angry think, yeah. fans. Yeah. Mass Effect 3. No, but like, and thinking they'll get it, right? Because mm. that doesn't, I but remember. I did get it in Mass Effect 3, I guess. Well, yeah, right, so. and, and I feel like that was a kind of turning point where fa where people were like, oh, we can demand that developers change games for us. Mm. Or movies. Or movies. Star Wars. Oh. Where did Rose go? Where did Rose go? Rose go. Is this a spoiler? I haven't seen the newest one. <laughs> good, oh. don't. It's not very good. <laughs> She's just not in it very much. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they gave her job to a giant slug. <laughs> oh, I'm not joking. <laughs> All right, her job. Wow. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. But the Sonic film. Tell me more about the Sonic film. Wow, the Sonic film. So I went in thinking, right, this will be like Detective Pikachu, maybe, which we will talk about later. But it was not. <laughs> I even got the fancy seats. Did you? <laughs> For context, in Leamington, we have a very cheap cinema, very close to where we live. And uh, the tickets are five pounds, unless you get the fancy seats, which is two rows in the middle, which Seven I guess would be, then, I mean, they're not very expensive. I'm joking, I'm joking. But yeah, no, but I did get the fancy seats and I was like, oh my God, all I'm going to do is just try to sit through this and then we will talk about it. But first I got to find something I really like to talk about or don't like. And uh, all I can say is, I think if I was five, I would have really enjoyed this. <laughs> right. I Maybe six, maybe seven. Damning with faint praise. Is it the yeah. humor? Like, what makes it so uh, pandering to a child, I guess? I think it's just the simplicity. Like, you, you see Sonic lose his mom figure, an owl. I didn't know Sonic had a mom. Do you remember this from the games? Isn't no. it what saves so Sonic's you when you... Sonic's parentage uh, changes depending on the law. So there's ah. been quite a few... There's 
the cartoon uh, Sonic Underground. Sonic Underground. They made a vow their mother would Keep be going. found. That's the one where they play rock music. And, uh, <laughs> Sonic's siblings are on the search for their mom. Uh, there was the other previous Sonic cartoon where Sonic is just like, hey, I'm just Sonic. I'm going to fight Robotnik. Uh, and it wasn't ever really brought up. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Sonic lineage. Up yeah. for the bait. Yeah, I mean, she didn't quite say how she found him, I think. Maybe just found. Um, and she dies quite quickly in the film oh, quite early on. Love her. So, spoilers. In a refrigerator. <laughs> seen this. Um, and, but she's the one who gives Sonic the rings, and the rings act as portals to another world, which is how Sonic comes to ours and hides underground for like 10 years. So he basically is a really strange figure in the sense that he, he can't be seen. So she warns him, like, don't let people know about your powers. So he basically stalks the little town he's living in. He knows everyone <laughs> and what they do, who Sonic they live is with. <laughs> Sonic is a creeper. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, and eventually he gets really lonely and uh, runs around a baseball field and supercharges knocks out all the electricity uh, and that's how they find him that's how Robotnik comes in and I thought well at least I'll enjoy Jim Carrey right mm. he's quite a great actor go on uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no I guess there's that one bit where he's sort of dancing on his I don't know what to call it <sighs> hoverboard some hoverboard. kind of vehicle he's okay. in um, and maybe that was a little funny <laughs> wow Our did you laugh mark. at all Wow, no, I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> Did I? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. I kind of just sat through most of it thinking like, oh, we should brought like a niece or something. <laughs> Little kid who <laughs> would have enjoyed it more than me. Did you at least have good snacks? <laughs> um, no, because I had a massive meal before I went. Which uh, is great. And involved cake, I think. Okay. Well, tell us anyway. about the meal. <laughs> sounds way better than the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, if I have to say, were there bits that I did like? Um, I guess some of the characters were interesting. Uh, I, I loved how Sonic got his shoes. I'm the cutest little girl. Okay. So yeah. So it was like, so there. he's wearing these dreadful shoes for about 10 years. They've got holes in them. He used to run about in them and she feels sorry for him and gives her best pair of shoes to him. Aww. Yeah. And then the next bit I remember enjoying was the credits because they're <laughs> animated. Okay. Like, cool. Like pixels, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pretty art. How did they yeah. depict Sonic speed? So is he just like a blue blur? Or did he they is, go a for lot the, of the time. Yeah. Blue blur. Like, X-Men style. Also so that. Far. Wherein it's, like, you know, everything freezes and he Ooh. kind of dashes about. And it just, I'm sorry, but that felt a little tired. <laughs> because X-Men did, did it first. I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't as impressed anymore. It happens in that kind of dive bar. Um, but it wasn't funny by that point. I guess for a kid it might No be. way, they did the whole, yeah. we're not quite friends, but we're going to solve a bar fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. I've seen that, that before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, what okay. would you give it on the uh, Glasshouse scale, Maggie? On the glass house scale. Love, like, okay, dislike, hate. <laughs> wow, definitely dislike. Yeah. Strong. Yeah, strong, strong dislike. Okay. So, um, Keith Stewart. Uh, so, it's interesting that you talk about, like, how you think kids would like it. Because Keith mm. Stewart wrote this thing for The Guardian about going with his sons, right? And he said uh, that what the movie does well is pay homage to the game's universe. Uh, so, for example, through its depiction of Sonic's homeworld. Uh, the use of the rings as a portal, Dr. Mm -hmm. Robotnik's obsession with flying gadgets, uh, and apparently there are lots of Easter eggs in it. Um, Which I've missed, I think, because <laughs> I didn't really play much Sonic when I was younger. Mm. My main memory of Sonic was uh, running in a loop with my brother for about three hours. <laughs> I must have been like, I don't know, eight or nine, just, just uh, well, through like a whole sequence, but mm. it was basically like a little sandbox. And we just want to see who could get ahead of the other one for three hours. Were you nice. playing That's Sonic 2 then? Sonic and Tails? Possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Great game. Yeah. 
<laughs> Not the best Sonic game, though, which we've already agreed is Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania, then it's Sonic 3. Then you can get into Sonic Adventures. Interesting. Sonic 3 is Ooh. a masterpiece. Uh, well, then, well <laughs> Sonic CD is really good, but most people haven't played Sonic CD because you didn't. It's just really hard to find via legal means. Uh, so should we talk I'm about... A face. It's uh, on, uh, you can get it on iPad. You can get it on the App Store. No, no, it's not a good simulation of that game. It's still what... <laughs> I mean, it's the game, I guess. But yeah, no, I agree. you don't, can't play with the gamepad. So uh, so Keith wrote, Modern video game movies from Ready Player One to Detective Pikachu and Sonic don't really function in the same way as other big commercial tie-ins. They are multi-layered in a semiotic rather than emotional or thematic sense. They are fan service, but in a good mm. way. They reward those who grew up playing these games. They play with the viewer. Do you agree with that? Probably if there's Easter eggs that I missed but someone else would have loved to have found, mm. then yeah, this is the sort of film they'd want to see. Yeah. Um, he and other reviewers have also pointed to comparisons between Sonic and E.T. Have you seen E.T.? Like ages ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you don't, you're not sure whether that would be a fair comparison. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, did you see E.T.? Was E.T. good? I mean, I is, is this like a contentious thing to know, to have seen E.T.? It's I like don't one think of the I've most popular e. films of When all did it time, come out? Wow. Uh, I don't know, ladies. Yeah, oh, but, so uh, before I was born, but yeah. it's still like I don't. Well, I don't. Know, at least in the Amer in the U.S., it's completely pervades the it's like, popular say, con seen consciousness. Is so, it? Like uh, a lot of crowds. <laughs> um, I mean, you. I'm not a big fan of the film, but okay. like it's like as popular as any anything. You so know? do you think Sonic is going to reach those heights? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have um, a friend, Matt Patches, who works at Polygon. He said he can very much see Sonic the Hedgehog. He said, twenty years from now, he can see. You can imagine himself talking to a teenager who refers to jokes from Sonic the Hedgehog in the same way we now make jokes about Shrek. Wow. Oh, Shrek. Yeah. Brief aside, my musical society is doing Shrek the musical for their next musical, and I am not excited. Is that bad? Have you seen it? Shrek. Shrek the musical? <laughs> no, no. You haven't I, seen the musical? I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, Shrek. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the Shrek the musical. But in the same way, of, so there are, there, there's like a, a, a band of children's films that very much trade in slapstick jokes but also trade in just very modern pop culture references mm -hmm. in a way for ironic internet poisoned ironic teenagers so when my friend I, my own brothers watched the Sonic movie went, yeah Sonic flosses multiple times mm. yeah which would have been fun for someone else just not me yeah <laughs> I, I like floss as a joke now if I'm flossing I'm very much you know there was even a meme in Frozen 2 the snowman He's getting really scared in this forest, and then he goes, "This is fine." You know, they're like, <gasps> "Yeah, yes, yes. It's fine." <laughs> it, dates, it dates it itself, dates itself. Yeah. yeah, it, it dates it. But it's yeah. immediately dated. You're putting yeah. internet jokes in there now, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I can imagine the Sonic movie. I mean, it looks from the trailers that Sonic spends a lot of time in a car. Uh, he is trying to get to San Francisco getaway. Yes, but he's comedy. Sonic. Can't he run? Why is Sonic in a car? Because he. Oh, I guess I can tell you. Right? Yeah. He gets shot with a tranquilizer <gasps> by James Marsden. <gasps> and so he can't run. So he's like awake, but he can't really by run. By James Marsden. <laughs> but he's James Sonic. Marsden, right? Oh, he was he's so guy. handsome. Uh, yeah. You don't like him? <laughs> like, have you seen him as Cyclops? Yes. Oh, yes. And in, not here. In Hairspray, when he's uh, oh, no. the guy who... Have you seen Hairspray? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was really interesting. James, This is what James Marsden does. He has at least two or three films where it's, it's James Marsden and a CGI character. Um, so it was the Easter Bunny one when it's voiced by Russell Brand is another film where James Marston it's just James Marston in the car <laughs> as like a CGI character is like bouncing around doing hijinks I guess if you can do it that's probably pretty easy work like you're never going to fall out with your co-workers <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah it's um, a it's an interesting point though that because you say that they're bringing up 
you can see kids or grown-up kids making jokes about mm. this, but they're because it's all just internet meme stuff. They're not making Sonic jokes. They're making jokes about the memes that existed when they were kids. Yeah, I mean, mm. Sonic in itself, the Sonic fandom is a remarkable internet space because there hasn't been... I mean, Sonic Mania was the first good Sonic game. It was Sonic Mania, then it was like five years, and it was Sonic Generations, and then it was another five years, and there wasn't really anything. So how has this fandom survived around like 25, next to 30 years with maybe one good game every five years? Because they just make loads of memes. Loads of memes. (laughs) Constantly. And yeah, like the Sonic fandom and lore, I imagine there's a bunch of Easter eggs. Did someone go Sanic? Mm-hmm. in the film yeah there you go that's for, that's for, that's, also, that's yeah. for the message boards I think I can't remember now there's a lot I don't remember in the film I only just watched it sorry <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Ollie Welsh for Eurogamer wrote it's not that the Sonic movie is bad although it's certainly not good it's that it was a terrible idea from the start it's a formulaic cut and paste job from a Hollywood so starved of intellectual property that it will try making a movie about any recognisable character it can get its hands on without asking who he is or why people liked him in the first place it looks like you agree Alex I mean I haven't seen it and I agree <laughs> Uh, awesome just in that like whole point that they are not making new films and sonic the hedgehog is not a new film mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. without having seen it but it's just like mm. they're they're taking a template and applying new characters and the most updated meme jokes <laughs> uh pop culture jokes i mean you could say the same almost for shrek because instead of memes they were just doing like pop culture references and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, that springs very true to me there are like five robin hood movies currently in production because what? Robin Hood is, a, is just a character in open domain. So if you want to make a film with a recognizable name, just make a Robin Hood film. Yep. And for more on how that applies to video games, watch our episode on video game remasters and remakes. So uh, the moment Carl has been preparing his entire life for, uh, we are now going to talk about other video game movies, almost all of them, because there aren't actually that many. Um, We'll start, we'll go chronologically. Uh, So we'll start with Super Mario Brothers, which in the Wikipedia (laughs) list of film adaptations of video games is the first. Came out in 1993. Um, Keith Stewart, who I mentioned earlier for The Guardian, wrote a really interesting article about the making of the movie, which is well worth a read. Um, So you've both seen it. Yep. Big time. Uh, did you see it when it came out? Uh, I watched it when I was six or seven. So I don't I know playing, when you were born. I, I'm not going to reveal that information. <laughs> um, so yeah, I watched it after the film came out when it was on VHS. So I went to an after school club and um, I do just had loads of videos. Sometimes they were legal VHSs of films and sometimes they <laughs> were bootleg. Um, so this is where I watched Super Mario Bros. and some of the other video game movies we'll discuss. After school club. Um, Excellent. This film is weird, and the making of this film is weird, like <laughs> super weird, and really, really fascinating. Yeah, anyone listen to this that is into YouTube, like video essays. Mm. There's a really good one from Matt McMuscles. He makes a show called What Happened, um, and it's all about uh, basically games that come out that just had really, really horrible. It's gonna look like I'm being rude, but I'm writing this down so that I can <laughs> like, remember. What to put happened? It in what happened? Uh, and it's all about broken game development. So. Brink, what happened with Brink? Why was Brink bad? Or uh, why was Devil's Third a really, really troubled production? Or Were you working in game when people used to bring in copies of Brink to trade in? Yeah. And it was like, we sold it for like two pounds. Yeah, yeah. it was really. Brink, 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 Brink was ahead of his time. Um, but he did one about this film, about why the Mario movie was so weird. Because 
the people who were making the Super Mario movie didn't want to make a Super Mario movie, mm-hmm. but partway through it, they got they basically wanted to make a sort of Blues Brothers style, very hyper style. I thought, what would they want? There's like there is an IP that they wanted to make, right? But wasn't there a thing where the producer of the film, who was a director of like the mission and like uh, some other historical drama stuff, but that he had actually camped outside of the uh, like Nintendo CEO house or something until right. they would give him the rights to make the film yeah. of Super Mario, not like of some other IP of like yeah. Super Mario itself. So basically, the people who had written a script wanted to make a script about. I'm like, um, forgive me, wanted to make a, a film script or an adaptation of maybe like Flash Gordon or something Flash mm. Gordon-esque. And they done, cool, beginning to make this movie. And then the producer was like, I just signed, I just got Super Mario, <laughs> the IP. So you're going to make a Mario movie. And he's like, oh, okay. oh I'm going to try and keep what I've written oh, okay. and fit a Mario lore onto it. And that's why this film, even though that's it's about Mario, is super weird and mm. why Bowser looks like that. And why I had nightmares about it when I was a child. So Athena Paradigm on Twitter said in all caps, Super Mario movie absolutely owns as a cyberpunk film. So I asked for some more context and they said, I really don't have much more to add other than the set design and whole look of the dirty, gritty Dino Hatton is so cool and clunky. It's endearing. Bob Hoskins and John, how do you say this surname? Are fun to watch spring awful dialogue off each other. It's not good, but it's fun, which is better. So Bob Hoskins, they couple infamously they asked him what was the worst film he ever did. He goes Super Mario Bros. Oh, no, Bob. And they said, no, it's not true. And they, said, <laughs> and they asked him um, what what thing would you what, what was your worst film you ever made? He said Super Mario Bros. And they asked him another one, what was the worst experience you ever had? He goes Super Mario Bros. He goes, do you have any regrets in your life? And he goes making Super Mario Bros. Jesus, wow. he like very much despised that project uh, and would like expunged from his. Uh, IMDB page. I'm going to go on a defense of Super Mario Brothers right now. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I do think that this is probably one of the most maligned films in in history, video games or or otherwise. And maybe there was issues with the production. Like I know a little bit about the puzzle pieces getting pieced together and stuff. I have no idea why Yoffrey, I think is his name, the the producer, was so obsessed with getting Super Mario Brothers made uh, to where it, money. Uh, well, but if it's just money, he already had, like, it was completely outside of his wheelhouse. He mm-hmm. did, like, very, like, historical drama stuff. Why was he obsessed with with the story of, of Super Mario Brothers? Uh, I mean, it, at the time, 1993, Mario is up there with, what, like, Mickey physical, Mouse. Sure, yeah, yeah of, super. Yeah. And I think that was probably what led to its uh, malignment because you had a million kids who... and adults who were completely uh familiar with the universe of super mario world and then all of a sudden they're presented with this film where yoshi is a small velociraptor <laughs> and uh <laughs> it is like uh, also, velociraptors are quite small you know it <laughs> i picture of this i haven't watched it you haven't seen it, it deviates seen... very much from super mario brothers lore like there's okay. there's laser pistols mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh um there's it's really weird and the reason that it feels very cyberpunky is because the production designer is the one from Blade Runner, yeah. and that was deliberate. <laughs> like the they when they were building this film, they wanted that look, and maybe to go with like the wild writing that they had. There we go. Um, that's but, not uh, Yoshi. That's yeah, Yoshi. That's Yoshi. That's Yoshi in this universe. And what I mean, what I feel like I can say about 
He's this very movie cute. is that there's a good film in that in this film. It's not a good film, but there's a good film there. There's, no, it's there's not. There are pieces of a good film there. There is, there is the seed I of a half-decent idea that grew into a grotesque... No, what it grew into <laughs> is what the interesting thing is. Because it grew out of... If they had made a Super Mario Brothers film with the talent that was involved and the ideas that were involved that was like very much attached to Super Mario Brothers, it'd be a terrible schlocky, like uh, uh, how you're describing Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It would be like Aww. that, but from 1993 with and just bad but this because they went on some they all took ecstasy and went on some <laughs> fever trip and created this thing there's something that is like is will is remembered for a lot of people really poorly but like that that kind of absurdity is something that i think is interesting and worth like oh, and yeah. worth the trip and not just like ironically like it's worth the the there's <laughs> one thing we know about you is that you don't do anything ironically <laughs> do it all or do it or not at all um so at mono underscore db on twitter said super mario brothers not even ironically <laughs> it's such a wonderfully bizarre collection of cinematic influences with elements of the mario games and characters reinterpreted in ways that no one would have dared to attempt in goomba. the age goomba looks amazing what, show, us kit. <laughs> show us goomba and then we'll move on to the next movie <laughs> <laughs> so I felt I remember watching the scene where a human so basically Bowser has created this machine to turn humans into Goombas and, and then takes like a very nice henchman guy and zaps him with this laser and turns him into a Goomba and oh like nightmares I felt so yeah. bad for that guy for ages because there's a scene where Goomba well they kidnap Princess Peach because obviously uh, and Goomba's gone up to Princess Peach and gone, do you want some food um, Peach is like, oh, what have you got? And he like tries to give us some steak, and, and Peach is like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat anything with a face. And Goomba's like, oh, okay, and like potters <laughs> off to try and get some more food, <laughs> and it's strangely moving. And I've watched this film once, maybe twice, but if I close my eyes, I can immediately remember what the movie looks wow. like, yeah, what Bowser looks like, what the, you know, the aesthetic of Mario World in that yeah. film looks like. And what's really interesting is part, even though this film is horribly maligned, and people don't want it and basically until detective pikachu came out detective pikachu's pikachu, pikachu's really interesting because that's the first time nintendo went okay we'll let someone make a movie since wow. Super Mario i was gonna say how did Mar nintendo let them put yeah. laser guns in yeah. a movie <laughs> nintendo weren't paying attention they're like okay we'll, we'll give it to the americans and be fine and they were <laughs> oh my god this is awful we're never going to give the americans our ip again until detective pikachu came out so that's what 25 years yeah. um so moving forwards one year, do we want to talk about Street Fighter or do we want to skip ahead? Oh yeah, I want to we want to talk about Street Fighter. <laughs> All right, so Street Fighter came out in 1994 uh, at Duckling Smith on Twitter. Street <laughs> Fighter is a brilliant cheesy martial arts movie and a terrible adaptation of its source material. I'm delighted that it exists. Uh, Keith Stewart also wrote an article about the making of this movie, uh, which starred Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Kylie Minogue and Ming-Na Wen, who is the voice of Mulan. Uh, she admits to having punched one of the male actors so hard he cried. Yeah. Uh, Carl, how does a fighting game translate into a movie? Can I swear on this podcast? Yes, you can. <laughs> Street do. Fighter movie is fucking great. <laughs> like, oh, my, oh man, it's so bad and so good and just so. In I really give time for art that is bad but not boring, and it so. There are some really good pieces about the making of this movie. And one thing that is very, very clear is that during the making of this movie, John Claude Van Damme was off his face on cocaine. Yeah, he's admitted <laughs> like, that since. He's admitted it. Uh, he also claimed to have slept with Kylie Minogue on set. He used the term, we were in Thailand and then I showed her my Thailand. And you're going, 
dude, dude, come on, come on, be cool, don't do that. Um, infamously, this is Raul Julia's final ever movie. So Raul Julia, who played Bison, but plays Bison in the movie, but is most known to everyone for his role as Adam's family. The father in the oh, family right, right. is called... Uh, Gomez? Gomez. Yes. Wow, very good. Where did that come from? <laughs> Boom. So that's how you most know him. It is, he's doing uh, Street Fighter, but unbeknownst to everyone on set, he is dying of cancer. Oh. Uh, and he, well, it, it's sort of become like the story, but he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this to earn, hopefully earn quite a bit of money. Uh, and he's acting his bollocks off in this film. It's so He's so campy and he's so amazing and um he's taking this really really seriously and just act chewing scenery so this is where the very famous um line of basically so chun you know street fighter law is blah blah blah, blah. chun lee hates bison because bison killed chun lee's dad and that's why chun lee always goes to these street fighter tournaments because she's trying to get revenge on bison and they have the scene right near the end of this movie where chun lee's all like duh, 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 this is what who i am this is why i hate you and bison's just i don't remember <laughs> She's like, what? Uh, and then he says, uh, the day M. Bison, uh, the day M. Bison Gracial Village is the most significant day of your life. But for me, it was merely Tuesday. Ooh. Beautiful movie villain. <laughs> and today right? it is Tuesday. Yeah. So. Beautiful <laughs> line. Uh, and to anyone who's watched Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And, yeah. So Endgame, Thanos is, you know, running around the place and then Scarlet Witcher lands up. Uh, and Scarlet Witcher's like, you took everything from me. And Thanos mm. went, I don't know who you are. At least three people in the cinema when I watched that went, ah, Bison. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, nice. Because that line, like, Raul Hooli's delivery in that film is so, there's a bit where uh, he tries to pay Sagat for some, so Sagat's his henchman. He's like, okay, cool. Cheers for that job. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of money. Gives him a huge briefcase full of money. And Sagat opens it. And he's like, what is this money? Because um, it's, Bison, bison dollars? Uh, and, bucks. and he's like, what is this? And he goes, this is this is what money's worthless. And he goes, nonsense. Um, bison dollar, one bison dollar will be the equivalent of 50 British pounds. That is the that is the exchange rate the Bank of England will set after I kidnap their queen. Just oh, wow. deliriously stupid dialogue. <laughs> like Rahul is doing great. Jean-Claude Van Damme's really, really high and therefore is funny knowing that he's on coke. Mm. <laughs> In that weird way of certain films are really sure. fun where you know the actor's just doing something completely different to everyone else it's apt to answer your question how does a fighting game movie become a film <laughs> finally um so there are quite a few of the video game movie canon quite a few of them are based on fighting yeah. games because fighting game fighting game storylines in video games always blah, blah 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 12 people have to go to a fighting game tournament they have to go to a tournament to fight so obviously they cast john claude van damme in it because van Cam's best role is bloodsport which is fighting a fighting game movie there's an interesting article about fighting game stories that i mentioned earlier on the yeah. guardian about how they're all soap operas so that's worth a read as well they will continue bizarre laws but mm. there is no fight game tournament in the street fighter film it is uh so in the games um bison owns this evil company called shadowloo where in the film shadowloo is a unknown nation somewhere vaguely in Asia, it, okay. Thailand. Uh, and then we now know it's Tha Well, we know they filmed in Thailand. Mm. Uh, right. And Guile is, it's not the UN, but it's basically the UN. It's like the allied nations or whatnot. So he, they, basically, Bison's a terrorist. The UN's come in and they've got a whole bunch of fighters going in there. 
And yeah, it's it's a it's a terrible film, but it's just the right kind of camp and stupidity. There's a scene where E Honda has to fight Zangief, uh, and then it becomes like a like the sound changes and they all pretend like they're in a kaiju fight. <laughs> um, Zangief is going around and he's trying to give everyone thumbs up, but he doesn't know what a thumbs up is because he's Russian and he's from the other side of the wall, so he gives everyone a thumbs up sideways. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you can see I've watched this loads of times. There's a great yeah. bit where Ryu and Ken are fighting Vega, and then it stops and they like. They have to run around and go into another room. He's like, oh, Vega, where were you? Ugh, you were losing. <laughs> wow, I feel like I've seen this movie. I love this film. Are we gonna, th- I feel like this episode is going to be really long. Um, that's maybe okay with me. How does everyone else yeah. feel about We're just going to go through all these movies we're and we're just going to get we're we're doing doing it. Do it. I, I adore this film. Uh, they're ultra brilliant, uh, at ultra brilliant on um, Twitter whose real name escapes, um, escapes me because I just know him as ultra brilliant. He writes for PC Gamer. He, Is that Andy? I'm sure it's Andy. He's Scottish. Let's find out. He took the photo of the Furious Deer. Oh, yes. No. So he did. Andy Kelly? Andy Kelly, yeah. Andy Kelly from PC Gamer, known as Ultra Brilliant on Twitter. I think it was about two or three years ago. Uh, he was watching the Street Fighter movie and was dick- dicking around with the settings. And he went, oh, I put Street Fighter in black and white and it turns out it's a masterpiece. Mm. And I went, what do you mean turns out? I'm just late. Kit, how do you feel about the pace at which we're getting through these films? We're doing it. Cool. Okay, cool. so next year, Mortal Kombat 1995. Oh. So this was the answer that got the most upvotes on a Reddit post titled Video Game Movies That Don't Completely Suck? Dot, 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 question mark. Uh, the post for which was, I always liked the first Silent Hill, despite the story being all over the place sometimes. Other than that, I guess Prince of Persia and the first Resident Evil are barely okay. And Mortal Kombat was all right for its time. The first Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie was fun, but I haven't seen the new one. The rest is just crap IMO. But what do you guys say? To which Douglas Hole, for which he got 406 upvotes, said, the first Mortal Kombat is by far the best. And then someone replied, I too wish Sonya broke my neck with her thighs. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, and also, uh, so Carl sent me an article by Jordan Cruciola, associate editor at Vulture, uh, who wrote this list in which she ranked 33 video game movies. Uh, and she also placed Mortal Kombat at the top. It might not be the first video game movie, but Mortal Kombat is the apex of the form because oh. the premise is oh. almost impossible to screw up if you just go all in. A bunch of fighters convene in an otherworldly location and battle for the fate of the world. Though it sounds a bit like a backhanded compliment, combat is the gold standard of video game movies, Carl. Top of your list? It's up there. I think it's the most faithful. So Mortal Kombat now, in the age of Mortal Kombat 11, has an incredibly dense lore. But at the time when it came, got released, this, this film was pretty straightforward. Um, there's, you know, so Mortal Kombat lore is there's a bunch of other realms. Uh, and every, once a, every hundred years? Or maybe every year they have a tournament to see who wins. And the victor from each realm gets supremacy. And if one realm wins ten in a row, they can invade another realm. So Outworld okay. has won nine in a row. Break it down. <laughs> Outworld has won nine in a row. Outworld's where all the bad people are. And and uh, Raiden's like, yo. Um, so this thing's been going on for years and they've won nine in a row. And if they win 10, they're totally going to invade Earthrealm and you're all dead. So all these people from various different lines of work. So there's Johnny Cage, who's a movie star slash does his own stunts. He's like a kind of Jackie yeah chan ripoff but not quite because he's like an american dude in a bro yeah. uh so yeah. I, I think the closest analog for johnny cage in real life is john claude van damme okay and there's luke hang who is very much the bad guy from outworld killed my brother so i'm going to go get my revenge 
Then you've got Sonia, who I believe is a cop, and she's chasing a terrorist called Kano, who's a baddie. Um, blah, 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 blah. So they're all going to this tournament, and there's Shang Tsung who's like, yo, I'm the leader of Outworld, and I'm going to win because here's my wonderful beast called Goro, who has four arms. <laughs> uh, Goro was a... Hidden character in the first one, wasn't he? He was. And uh, what's the term? Um, not motion capture, but the... Um, <laughs> Jason and the Arg- on Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Yep. What was the animation style to make Jason and the Argonauts? Stop Argonaut? motion, wasn't it? Yeah, stop motion bad yeah. guy from that sort of. Think. St- yes. So Goro's it's doing like claymation. That. Yes, yeah. claymation. Ah. So Goro Goro's doing that, and yeah, it's it's a really faithful adaptation of what the video games were at the time, which is just hmm. ten or eleven very interesting characters going to a fighting it fighting tournament with multiple intersecting beefs, uh, and then just. Beating the seven bells at each other. I watched this film way too young. Yeah, okay. you were eight. I was like eight watching this. More combat games are, are now all 18s. Uh, known for fatalities, gruesome combat, mm. combat, blood and gore. So was the first games even. Yeah. I guess. I mean, there was a, a lot of outrage in the first few. Well, I guess always. All Mortal Kombat, Mortal games, Kombat was one of the games that was behind the attempted lawsuit that got us age ratings on games, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm uh, pretty pretty sure about that. Yeah. Um, especially also because it they used it was I think one of the first games to use motion capture of like for I don't want to say FMV incorrectly but like they were using video to help a- their animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think because that was like this is too real yeah. kind of thing that then infamously the SNES version didn't have blood but the Sega Mega Drive version did but you had to input a code and you got blood. So anyone had a Sega Mega Drive was cool. This f- more come at the film. I don't quote in the same way I quote Street Fighter, but I do remember watching it and going, yeah, this is Mortal Kombat. And at the time, Mortal Kombat was huge, like mm. massive. They had video games, uh, movie, there was the cartoon. comic book. There was the cartoon. There was also like the live action, not quite theater, but you could, in America, <laughs> in America, you could definitely, you could definitely pay money and go to a place and there'd be like stunt people uh, okay. doing Mortal Kombat. Some, like a, Universal Studios or yeah. something like yeah. that. Or yeah, I have yeah. a you can watch that on of this. YouTube as well. And that was a thing. Uh, the soundtrack to this song was pretty cool. Mortal Kombat. Do, do, yeah. Do. Um, yeah. We'll put that in the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. In the edit. No, the, our video will get taken down if we do that. Uh, it's already gone far enough with me singing the theme tune for Sonic Underground. You know, we're in danger. Um, so a few people on Twitter mentioned Mortal Kombat as well. At Rob Wow Mail said Mortal Kombat with Christopher Lambert is genuinely awesome and this is a hill I will die on uh, BB Alpert said Mortal Kombat and I can't even tell how much of that is ironic and how much is genuine but at least some significant portion of it is genuine seeing this as a kid was incredible to which my first thought was you saw this as a kid uh, which Carl also saw it as a child um, but apparently those movies were PG-13 in the US and 15 in the UK uh, but there is a new movie being made, a new Mortal Kombat adaptation that screenwriter Greg Rousseau has said, since it's already been stated by other members of the team, I'm going to put this one to bed. MK will be R-rated. And for the first time ever, fatalities will finally be on the big screen. And no, I'm not going to say which ones. You'll just have to wait for the movie and see. <laughs> Gross. Um, are you going to go see? Mm, no. Nah. You wouldn't see a fatality-ridden Mortal Kombat? No, I'm a bit... I've got older now. I've seen enough violence in there. So I remember watching this as a child and... When they get to the quarterfinal stages of the film, there's a bit where, well, you know, I'm no a, a small child. I'm like, oh my god, some of these heroes might die. Um, oh. And there's a bit, <laughs> there, there's a bit where in a movie called Mortal Kombat, you know, <laughs> uh, and there's the fight where Johnny Cage meets has to fight Goro, and there's like there's quite a cool bit beforehand where all the good guys are talking like, 
you're probably going to die tomorrow because <laughs> you're fighting Goro. And he's like the best. And Johnny's like, yeah, I've got a game plan, but I'm not sure if it works. Uh, and then Johnny Cage does the Johnny Cage thing, which is do his splits and punches you in the groin. <laughs> he does the splits? What? Johnny Cage's Very thing in the, in the okay. Mortal Kombat. I uh, now Cage's, I want to see this. You've seen it as well? No. Okay. <laughs> it's one of Johnny Cage's special moves. He does the splits and punches you. I I see, like I could do the splits, but I don't think I could punch someone at the same time. <laughs> Simultaneous. It's I feel tough. like I should have seen this as a kid. I remember lots of kids talking about it at school, so I feel like I should remember this, but mm. I this was try to forget all the gory bits my childhood so <laughs> that's why same this same. one was directed by Paul not Paul Thomas Paul W WS WS Anderson Paul Thomas Anderson who, Mortal Kombat would be who, like <laughs> this, is, this is just what he does now he like directed Mortal Kombat 1 directed Mortal Kombat 2 directed Resident Evil the Resident Evil movies and is now going to direct Monster Hunter he, oh that's coming made, out later this year he's made his oeuvre oeuvre groove oeuvre oeuvre his entire oeuvre is, is adapted in video game movies sometime most likely with his wife Mila Djokovic Djokovic? <gasps> Jola. Djokovic. Jo- You're going way jo- too jo- beyond Vovic. my Sorry. With, 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 research. With his wife, who is the lead character in the Resident Evil movies, mm. called Mila. Jovovich. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. So we'll come up. Yeah, it's fine. The sequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We're not talking about the sequel. We're going to move we on should. to the, the sequel. The so bad. <laughs> and it was made like halfway through production. They ran out of money. So they had to Carl's, reuse. Carl's, the, uh, Carl's in charge of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of money, so they had to reuse scenes from previously in the fight, uh, in what? the movie. So, so Mortal Kombat 1 is around the time, Mortal Kombat first film is around about the time the first Mortal Kombat film comes out. And by the time, and the second film, Annihilation, uh, <laughs> it's around about Mortal Kombat 3, and by the time the law is really built up. But partway through making the movie, they ran out of money. So there's one scene earlier in the movie where they're having a fight and one character gets kicked off into a ledge of like into a fire pit and then near the end of the f- movie and then there's like another fight scene and someone punch gets punched and they get and then it cuts back to that scene of when they get cut in the fire pit i mean they do that in cartoons all the time yeah <laughs> yeah don't you can watch more combat one don't watch more combat two okay that's enough mortal combat talk we are moving forwards to the year 2001 to talk about lara croft tomb raider starring angelina jolie uh so we got a long thread of tweets about this from John Tetrino, uh, who said the original Tom, Tomb Tom Raider, <laughs> <laughs> the original Tomb Raider films, as they were arguably the first real attempts at a truly large budget licensed flick, and did a surprising amount of things right. I qualify this with the fact that the film was almost universally panned by critics and fans. Uh, despite this, it hit the nail on the head for a lot of what popcorn blockbusters did in the late '90s, early thousands: brainless action with a hint of plotline in the middle. Uh, the biggest thing it did, though, was show film production companies that there was money to be made in big-budget adaptations. Uh, in the same year that Final Fantasy Spirits Within flopped hard enough to leave a crater, Tomb Raider <laughs> almost tripled its budget at the box office. Um, so, A, can you believe it's been so long since that film came out? This is the first one I actually remember of these. 2001. 2001? Oh my God. That's like 19 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I remember watching both and I was very excited to see a video game movie um mm. like and i thought like wow this will be good and it was i enjoyed it because lara croft was a female protagonist i didn't normally see that in movies growing up as well mm. although i kind of also thought like wow they really tried to keep her proportions huh um well that's is that angelina jolie's fault she's yeah. also <laughs> gorgeous right yeah so um and 
Final Fantasy, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all had just really high expectations. And, and what we ended up watching was just like, what is this? What so does you this saw, mean? You saw both of these I films? I saw both, Back yeah. to back. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been within a few months, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that flopped hard enough to leave a crater, apparently. Mm. Uh, it, ruined, it bankrupted a film studio. Ooh. I think it did, yeah. yeah. Like Spirit of the... Uh, Spirit of the... Yeah, yeah, not Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. <laughs> but these, yeah, these both came yeah. out in the same year. Tomb Raider was big. Like, yeah. Like, huge. Yeah, Because that's Lara Croft was. I, I, yeah, like, you too did the song. Do you know it. what? That's what I remember mostly. <laughs> the yeah. YouTube music video. <laughs> Rather than the film. <laughs> Like you yeah. love you love credits, you love music videos. <laughs> like all the other side dishes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, yeah, you do like side dishes, so that makes sense. Mm. How did you find Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft then? Did you think she... I loved her. She did a good I job. I thought she was brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I want to see Birds of Prey as well, but that's separate. <laughs> How about, uh, has anyone seen the more recent Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander? Oh, yeah. That was a thing, wasn't it? How does that compare? It, it took it way too seriously. Oh. Um, it's fine but i think there is an inherent 90s there was an there's an inherent cheesiness to any big budget film made in the 90s that just doesn't quite work for the tomb raider i want to say remake but it's sort of this whole it didn't translate well it didn't translate well so they're doing from the new tomb raider reboot where she's a a survivalist and obviously the iconic mountain axe that she now carries around but that's it right like the new games are a bit more serious Mm -hmm. um so i guess it kind of lines up with that it does that it's got this thing you know it does the whole thing of it's one of those movies where every character knows mma because it's (laughs) 2012 2015 and every action hero now knows some mma moves what's mma mixed martial arts oh sure sure sure. so yeah it's yeah it it's fine i wouldn't it's bad and boring, whereas the Angelina jo- Jolie ones are bad and campy. And so fun. if I they were still fun, yeah, campy yeah. fun. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them. So okay. would you recommend I watch the old one? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend any. Of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you're taking time to watch a movie, watch a good movie. <laughs> if you want to watch a movie of that style, just watch Indiana Jones. Uh, uh, but he's a dude. Yes, that's why um, it was so hard to find a female protagonist. Mm. Mm. They had to do it. It couldn't be like, we're going to make a Tomb Raider movie, but it's going to be <laughs> Larry Croft. <laughs> Coming up soon, the Uncharted film. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's skip forward another year then to Resident Evil. Uh, so this is another one that both of you have seen. It came out in 2002. Uh, Gary Kings on Twitter said, for me, the first Resident Evil movie strikes the perfect balance of silly and trashy. And I love that it cast aside a lot of the game's plot lines and imagery of mansions and forests to get straight into poking around a spooky underground lab. Uh, Aureli Sophia said the first Resident Evil movie, Mila Jovovich was great in it. I also have a soft spot for Warcraft. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, and Peter Ray Allison said Resident Evil is basically Alice in Wonderland, which I had to query. Um, Alice and Red Queen are named after characters from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Both involve walking through mirrors. Uh, the first on-screen death is someone being beheaded off with her head the special forces tech is obsessed with time like the white rabbit mm-hmm. uh, apparently in the commentary the director paul anderson says he toyed with the idea of the film being an allegory to alice's adventures in wonderland mm. but the idea was not followed through completely nonetheless the film contains multiple references to the work it does right, paul ws anderson is that is that true then <laughs> uh mm. i mean i had never made that connection oh. um not that it not true. I mean, just not that. Carl was doing this <laughs> when you were, when you were uh, describing it. Um, but I think what 
rings true is that it is trashy, but in a like, as you've been harping on this kind of bad but not boring kind of way. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of the the. I don't know when the turning point is, but there was a point when video game movie producers started taking themselves seriously Mm. and when those just then became bad action films versus like campy uh campy action films i guess that had really silly stuff but it was fine because they you were just a part of this silly experience and not like trying to be sold some (laughs) ham-fisted bullshit (laughs) basically i mean when did this happen like what's the timeline for this because is this roughly when a comic book adaptations came out and became big? When did Iron Man come out? I want to say... Uh, uh, that came out in 2008. I know that because when okay. I came out of the Avengers movie, the last one, I was like, wow, I've spent my entire adult life watching films in this franchise. I'd like to stop now. So yeah, Iron Man came out in 2008, the year okay. I turned 18. Yeah, oh. I feel like Sin City probably had a part. I mean, it's not a video game thing, so, but it is a comic book thing. I remember watch, I watched Resident Evil a couple of years afterwards on Channel 4, like a right. Friday night off the, I'd say off the pub, but I watched it definitely when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a cool teenager. so Thank goodness it. for Channel 4, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of Channel 4 and Channel 5, like, we got like seven hours of film and put a video game movie on. And I remember watching the film being incensed at how it threw out most of the Resident <laughs> Evil lore. Right. So <laughs> how do they? There's... In Resident Evil 1, there's no Wesker, there's no Redfield, uh, there's like a, they mention Umbrella Corps, but eh. And then it ends with her, ends with the main character, Alice, who is an entirely original character for the film. Uh, certain shenanigans happen, someone gets hit with something like, oh, you're going to be Nemesis. Uh, and then she sort of like walks upstairs and it's just like r- reduced zombie wasteland. Uh, and then she finds a gun and she loads the shotgun and it pans out. I'm like, oh, you're in Raccoon City. That's really cool. But and that's the sort of like, oh, they're going to do the video game. They're going to bring the video game stuff into Resident Evil 2. No. <laughs> um, and like Resident Evil, the film, it's really interesting because the film, the Resident Evil films and the Resident Evil games both have this very weird, incredibly dense, but incredibly separate, bizarre laws from each other. So they are characters in later Resident Evil films where they bring in Wesker and they bring in Jill Valentine and they bring in Chris Redfield, but they're all doing completely different things. And you know, oh, it's that person, but also it's not that person, hmm. which is weird. Um, so like credit to Mr. Anderson and you know, for like creating their own law within a law and just annoying hordes of Resident Evil fans. Cause you're, you're basically the Sonic fans who yelled at the devs <laughs> to change the... No, because they, they never did. Yeah. So the, the Resident Evil films have their own continuities, their own laws, their own things. And they went seven? There are seven of them in total? Movies? There are, what? There are seven Resident Evil... I want to say Kit. at least seven. Kit, fact check. <laughs> I think... I watched there's... them up until three and then I watched six and then I watched the wow. last one. I do think that there's something to be said about um, video game movies that are that aren't just trying to create a recreation of the game, mm. um, where they are just taking sort of this is maybe rules of the universe or this is the universe, and we're going to tell a new story in that universe. Uh, while it might, yeah, anger or incense fans who want just a scene for scene remake or something i feel like it's at least a more of a creative expression however silly or trashy it might be it has an amount of it has a value i feel like they've 
trying to create something new mm. yeah. and using a source material and as an inspiration, but doing something new that then doesn't have to be held to the same standards as these other things. Yeah. You can just look at it. However, it's really interesting. You made the link between MCU because oh, you know I read Marvel comic books and the MCU and what's going on in the comics aren't. They're two very different laws yeah. and they interact and they sometimes cherry pick inspiration from each other, but they're both doing separate things. And Resident Evil especially, where, okay, we'll bring in Chris Redfield, but he's going to do his own thing. We'll bring in Wesker, but he's going to do his own thing. Um, and it was cool. Like the first three ones were kind of did the first three Resident Evil games and then they just went <laughs> different place. And I think maybe the last the last film, they were, they were like, oh, it's the final chapter. And it got subtitled, the final chapter. Right. But I think they ran out of money. So there were loads of threads. There were loads of threads they'd set up in the previous one. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to find out what's going to happen to this person, this person. And they did, they kind of did an Alien Three, <laughs> where like, they, they're all dead. Wow. They they all Spoilers. died off screen going back to their home planet. <laughs> For Alien Three and Resident <laughs> Evil Seven. Um, Story checks out. The seventh is in production and on the way. What? They're making a new one. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so there was. There's been six. The final chapter is the sixth. The reboot the is in production. Is They're gonna reboot yeah, it. Yeah, because oh. they called it the final chapter, so they couldn't carry on. <laughs> oh my god! back to the beginning. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was really because there was a point in time where the Resident Evil law had got so big and unwieldy that they need to reboot it. Right. And that's when Resident Evil Four came out. Uh, by that time, it was just too confusing. So Carl has seen a lot of video game movies. I'm really uh, sorry. Alex, you seem to have stopped watching video game movies after 2003's House of the Dead, at least <laughs> until 2019's Detective Pikachu. Why the long vacation? You know, it, it might it probably is what I was kind of trying to describe before. Just that, and I didn't end up seeing a lot of those obviously films, but it, I think there was that that palpable, maybe even through the trailer of oh, they're taking this really seriously. This is just going to be bad and boring. Mm. Uh, where before you can like, whatever, be staying up late and have fun watching this bad movie. Now it's just becoming this bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, who has time to just only watch like something that's going to be bad? <laughs> that you know it's going to be bad. Uh, not like, well, you're surp- oh, I was surprised that that new, that, that video game adaptation movie was bad. Well, who who would have thought? <laughs> you, um, yeah, it's it's got to be. It's got to be just the expectation of of it, and then being more of an adult, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Carl, on the other hand, uh, in that time, you watched Blood Rain, oh, 2005, man. Doom, 2005, Dead or Alive, 2007, Hitman, 2007, Max Payne, 2008, and Prince of Persia, 2010. Any of those stand out as a favorite? Right, so, <laughs> in the same way Mr. Thomas Anderson, Tom, I can keep calling Thomas Anderson, it's not, Paul W.S. Anderson made video game movies of, uh, there was also Uwe Uwe Boll, Uwe Boll, German director. You. Uwe. I don't know how Boll, it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, is a German director who just gobbled up IP. So he yeah. made House right. of the Dead, really, really bad B-movie. He made Alone in the Dark with Christian Slater and Tara Reid. Terrible movie. Uh, he <laughs> and made, yet you just kept... He made Postal. Watching them. He made yeah, Postal. Yeah, terrible just... movie. Made Blood Rain. Terrible movie. 
Why did you keep going back? Uh, he made uh, in the name of the king, which was a in the name of a king colon, and then it explains it's a something something story, which is the video game is based on. With <laughs> it's a it's a historical fantasy film starring Jason Statham. What <laughs> interesting! It's like two. It's like maybe three hours long. It's awful. <laughs> All these films are really so. He was making at this time where the video game movies were starting to get really really expensive and boring action movies he was just making really bad b movies he made a hit he made a like a, a career out of making yeah. bad movies none of these movies are any good like uwe Boll was is such a bad film director what he did uh i think i want to say late 2010s or maybe late two, late 2000s he basically went right all of you directors who think i'm bad i will box you <laughs> And then just had had a it was like a charity boxing thing where Street Fighter. he just offered <laughs> to box every film critic who said he made bad movies. And this cannot be real. What? This all, can't be real. He boxed them all in a row, and he, I mean, he knew how to box. <laughs> uh, no other like Uwe Ball boxing from critics and just box them all. Look it up. <laughs> that happened. The thing is, beating someone at boxing doesn't mean you're a better film critic. <laughs> no, than they are. it just means you're better at boxing. So he was wild. making, he was just gobbling up all the bad IPs and just doing that. Uh, and nearly all these films are on like sci-fi, sci-fi or um, Bravo. And oh, the, sci-fi with Y. Yeah, sci. The chan- as in the channel in the UK, and quite a few of them have Ron Perlman in because Ron Perlman just does these movies because he he just likes making movies. Um, <laughs> and I I will watch That's Ron Perlman. <laughs> I watch Ron Perlman for like half an hour. So very I've like okay. w- come in and seen the films on. I'm like watch it for half an hour. And go, oh, it's terrible, and then walk off. You He's know who directed. is a uh, oh. He's directed 32 feature films Whoa! since 91. Yeah. So that like probably gives you an idea upwards. of the quality. Failing yeah. upwards. Yeah. Is he a white man? The Ooh. thing is that I think that he's, very he's not, it's not that he's, because people who go to it who are familiar and fans, there's are fans of. Who enjoyed this he sort makes of film. B, Mr. He Ball. Makes, he makes B Yeah, movies. he makes B movies with a very specific aesthetic and style that like there are fans of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they're okay. bad movies, but it's not like he's trying to make a good movie. He has made yeah. one good film. It's called Rampage. And it's uh, a video game like adaptation. No, it kind of. So it's like a found it's a, it's a found footage style faux documentary of someone about to commit a mass shooting. And it's like the subject matter is really, really great. And it's, he plays it really straight of just very, very damaged characters going off buying weapons and buying armor and whatnot. And then it builds up to this scene. It's a good film. You know, oh, you have a vision and you want wow. to do things. Obviously, the thing you want to tell a story about is mm, I'm not going to recommend it to everyone. But, but it was really interesting because he did bad films for 15 years. I went, Here's my good one. And you're like, this is a good <laughs> film. Why have you picked this subject matter? Huh. Um, I had actually thought that it was a video game adaptation of that monster uh, destroying the city game. Which we'll like get the... to later. <laughs> um, we will not. <laughs> it, it, it's really, it's the best one ever. I've to got answer a, I've your got question. Pop- oh, yes. Uh, do any of those films sound up? Doom does. Because yes. it's got The Rock in it. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But, oh, I forgot about that. But he's a bad guy. Pl- plot spoiler. Um <laughs> Yes, it's a very rare film where Dwayne Rock Johnson plays mm. uh, a villain. Um, so again, throws out most of the Doom lore. They don't; they're not siphoning energy from hell and doing stuff, but they go to Mars and there's an attack. One, another really interesting. Well, interesting. Um, <laughs> my friend, my friend, ever watched it recently and said it's really cute watching the Rock be human size because <laughs> oh it's before the Rock is now and he's like yeah. boulder size thing, and it's really cute watching the Rock in 2005 look. Just Normal. like a six foot six man. 
Heaven Spawn tweeted, uh, if you haven't seen The Rock play the sergeant in the Doom movie, it is ham-fisted and ridiculously acted and deserves more attention. It's a wow. Did you watch? Solid three-star film. It's also got scenes where it goes to first person to, to like honor Doom, so there'll be a character that they kind of walk through the corridors and oh, wild. switch into Carl Urban's head. House of the Dead just, does that. Yes. <laughs> what were you um, going to say, Maggie? I was going to say, did you watch Doom, Kit? I thought I heard some noises behind the... Uh, no doom I'm just checking out Dwayne Johnson being normal size (laughs) show us a picture Um, Dwayne Johnson voiced uh, the man in Taylor Swift's music video for the man wow Prince of Persia is also notable because the apparently the the filming of it was so bad Gemma Arterton went I don't want to make movies for a bit but yeah that's a rock normal size and with hair wow look at that face (laughs) this was before he changed his agent so this, these, were, these were some of the final films before he changed his age and stopped doing the the nanny style <laughs> comedies and schlockier stuff. I'm just, I've like lost Sorry. track of where we are. No, it's fine. Yeah. Another So another one that came out in that time is Silent Hill. Did we talk about Silent Hill? That one disappointed me. So Bonsai Treehouse tweeted, it's not just in how it recreates visual set pieces, characters or music beats from the game series and its inspiration. It's also how it simultaneously remixes said elements to tell a consistent self-contained story of societal rejection, violent superstition and ironic hubris. It doesn't just feel like the game's turned into a movie. It feels like its own beast, which is kind of what Alex was talking about earlier. But you mm. haven't seen this one. I haven't seen it. No. You've so seen maybe this one. You should it's see this one. good. There, so there were certain, there were, at, during this phase, there were certain games well, we've adapted this game into a movie. This is never going to be good. Blood Rain was not a good video game, and the film is not very good. Um, Doom, yeah. Doom is a good video game. You can't make a good Doom film because the storyline of Doom is just man who is too stubborn to die goes to hell. Um, but Silent Hill... Make, man who is too stubborn to die goes to hell. <laughs> um, but Silent Hill was always one of the video games that had a great storyline. Silent Hill mm. 2 is regards like the best video game store one of the best video games mm, shattered memories as well yeah and I, I remember hearing the announcement of a silent hill movie going, oh my god this could finally because when all these movies come out it could this finally be the first good video game movie is that what keeps you going back time and time and time yeah. quite a few wow um and each time you walk away not as good no as it's, it's, been on, it's been on since very recently <laughs> there, there finally has been a good video game movie which is Rampage, the one with uh, The Rock and the coin-up. <laughs> it turns out the best video game movie is the one based on a video game that had no plot. Waka waka. <laughs> what about uh, 2016's Warcraft? Oh, man. Maggie. Woo! I think that's the best video game movie, to be honest. Okay, <laughs> go. Up, up there a lot. Um, because I have very, very, very vague memories of playing Warcraft. And I can't remember which one it is. One, two, or three. I think it was three. <laughs> that's how long ago it was. Um, and when this came out in, what did you say, 2016? Mm-hmm. So not that long ago. Uh, I was rolling my eyes because <laughs> I thought I was grown up. <laughs> <laughs> but you were wrong. wrong. <laughs> um, I thought like I'd left all that behind. But anyway, I went to stay with some uh, workmates and was blown away. This was blown good. Away. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have my criticisms of it too. Like, come on, sexy orc woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like What's the, the story? one orc woman. So, so basically it is the story of Warcraft 1, isn't it? Um, where no, it's a isn't it prequel? Oh, was it a prequel? Ooh. I think so. It's sort it's sort of set before it all kicks off. Yeah, because the orcs have got a portal into the what's the human world Azeroth. called? Azeroth. Azeroth. Yes, um, and the humans are like, oh my god, we're being like rampaged. They're they're taking away people because you you need lives to open the gate to let the other orcs through. Here comes the horde, right? Um, and they're trying to figure out what's happening on. They get a hostage. This is Gamora. <laughs> 
Okay. The sexy orc, who right. is now their translator, because she picked up uh, how to speak the human language from human prisoners who they're about to sacrifice. <laughs> and, and this love story blossoms between like Lothar and Gamora. And Lothar, I recently discovered, is the uh, Kelvin Klein model. Oh, <gasps> please look at this up. It's Travis <laughs> Oh, I want to see a Calvin Klein model. <laughs> anyway, sexy, sexy Lothar <laughs> and is sexy devoted to lady. his king. <laughs> okay, and uh, they try to figure out what's going on. They find out that their mage, what's his name? Their mage is corrupted. The guardian. Yep. Um, if I can think of his name right now, I might need kids' help. Well, he's, he's looking up sexy Lothar land. right now. Yeah, so okay, which do you want? Keep looking for Lothar. So, <laughs> so the guardian's now kind of corrupted by the fell. Um, the orcs have uh, necromancy. Necromancy, yeah. So basically, it, it kind of corrupts your body. It makes you more powerful, but you're also like basically evil. Mm. Um, and oh, there she is. Oh, hello. It's the dude. Is that the dude from Vikings? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Um, but long You're, before that, he was the CK model ad. Kit literally googled sexy Lothar. <laughs> 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 Google it, didn't lie. Yeah. Buzzfeed no. in defense of the sexy half I mean, look orc. Look at that. Okay. So yes. Okay, Buzzfeed. <laughs> yeah. So so then uh, you know the. Sorry, what was I? Uh, Lothar is really devoted to the king, tries to figure out what's going on. Um, and they basically want to make sure that the orcs don't come through and destroy Azeroth. Um, and they fail. <gasps> yep. It's so dense. Uh, the, yeah. the, it's a film with at least three different endings. So it got, it's got an yeah. ending, then it's got an epilogue, then it's yeah. got another epilogue, then it's got another epilogue. Yeah. As they, I mean, it was um, kind of set up so that... Like, it looked like there was going to be more because there is a baby Moses scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 watched, I watched it at... Uh, Basically, the premiere, like an early press Was screening it? for it, okay. and notably, it's directed by Dylan, Dylan Jones, David Bowie's son. Yes, yes. So you know, they went right. You've done Moon. You're Duncan. Duncan. It, it's done by Duncan Jones, David <laughs> Bowie's son, who directed Moon. And like, oh my god, you're really good at doing sci-fi with. Oh, I loved interesting Moon. viewpoints, like good mm. B B B B budget tier sure. sci-fi. We're going to give you a massive IP, and it gave him Warcraft, and he, just, he went all in. Wow. And like, I loved Warcraft. Because like it's got really huge battle scenes yeah. where and like the orcs all use hammers and the sound design yes. of just them all. Just, yeah, I'm so glad I saw this in the cinema. Clattering each other is great. Um, it, it's completely unrepentant in what the story wants to tell. So it mm. kind of starts off with a stillbirth. So like the yeah. orcs invade into Azeroth, and then one of the Drucker. civilians has come in, and they've like her orc baby has didn't make it through the yeah. passage. So Necromancer is like, cool, don't worry. Like summons <laughs> the spirit out of uh, like another a deer. Near, out of a deer yeah. and like puts it in the baby. And the baby is alive, yeah. but green because it's got the fell in it now. Yeah. Oh. And then it hits the credits of Welcome to Warcraft. I know. Like, that <laughs> is like, ballsy as an opening. <laughs> wow. And it's it does that. There's a whole so in did you watch uh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Yes. Sure. So how oh, that was really so. interesting because it had the ape story with Caesar doing his thing yeah. and then a human story and neither mm. character was bad. They were just trying to do their thing of, yeah. I need my people to survive. Mm-hmm. Warcraft is doing that. So the orcs have their own, like, decent protagonist. They have their good, yeah, he's like Durotan. He's like, yeah. no, you can't have the fell. My tribe will not be, like, cursed yeah. by all this mm-hmm. stuff. So he's You're trying to figure it. out what's going on. And like, why are the orcs invading? So he's like, why yeah. are we invading this pe- fairly peaceful place? And why is that necromancer got green eyes all of a sudden? Yeah. Lothar's doing that with the human side. Yeah. And that's really fun. And they all interact with each other and all like, we're kind of sound. 
but here's like a cool action scene between us. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I like this. And then that's fun. But on top of that, you've got Lofa doing his whole thing and maybe his son is not happy. And on top of that, you've got another thing with the orcs. And on top of that, you've got another thing yeah. like, hang on, you're telling four stories at once. Pare it down. I love it because it's got great art design, great sound design. Mm. It's really, really, really fucking weird. <laughs> like, there's a bit, again, it's got it's got five endings. And there's a bit where one of the characters is like, okay, I need to go talk to the, the supreme higher powers yeah. about how this entire universe works. So like, get on a creature, fly off to some other faraway place, yeah. knock on a door, big door opens, this character comes down and it's like, you know, shrouded, shrouded. face entirely. And they're saying, this is how the laws of the universe work. And then says a catch, you know, a phrase which will probably be the catchphrase of Warcraft if it became a franchise. And then the face turns up. It's it's only bloody Glenn Close. They got Glenn Close to do that. And you're like, yeah, cool. Warcraft's gonna be serious. Um, and I, I, think I, I need I, to see this. Yeah, oh, it's great. great. It's it's like a, I gave it a three and a half star film. Uh, three, three and a half. And a half. Oh, because it's because it's what? so it's so dense, right? and I couldn't recommend it to everyone. It's so weird. Mm. And because it, it tries so much, so many things at the same time, there are bits that just don't work. So there's a bit where the evil orc grabs Lothar's son and is like, hey, I'm going to kill your son now. Yeah, some bits uh, are a bit like, and yeah. that's boring. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it has five endings. So there's a bit where... No spoilers. <laughs> so there's there's a bit where one of the characters has that, like, completes their story arc. And then another character is like, oh, God, the world... like So yeah, oh, cool, the world rules have changed because that character's completed their story arc. And then another character goes... Yo, we gotta complete my story arc. And another character says, I gotta complete my story arc. And another character, and then you have the baby Moses. It does seem a bit rushed. It yeah. sets up at least mm. five films. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I know, but I haven't seen anything since. Yeah. Or heard that, you know, anything no would come out. Yeah, I don't think no, they are making I a actually sequel. would really, really wanna see it. Because there I was going, like, I'm all grown up. I don't do any more of this fantasy stuff. And I was like, no, I still love fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> did huge numbers in China. Yes, because Dota. I mean, yeah. everyone loves Dota. Huge. So it might. There's a chance you might get a sequel in the same way mm. Pacific Rim did huge numbers in China and they gave a sequel eventually. Because mm. I was, I feel like I barely. I heard that they were making a Warcraft movie, and then I feel like I completely even missed it launching. Like it was really flew under the radar. I feel like it had uh, a big launch, and then it came out, yeah, and then everyone went, "This is big. too yeah. weird." Mm. Yeah, no, I think that was it, the thing. It I was, did walk away thinking it's like for people who've played it before or for the fans. Um, mm. But if you were completely like non-player and you went in, it'd be like very complicated Lord of the Rings or something. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've never played Warcraft, so maybe I, I should. You could get to it. I think I'd be happy to watch it again. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch it together. Yeah. It's, it's a date. It's great. It's um, super weird, and I love it. So before we hit uh, the break. Uh, Detective Pikachu. We have all seen all four of us. I think have seen Detective Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> Seems like Carl liked it. Maggie, you also liked it. Second best. You hoped that yeah. Sonic would be Detective Pikachu, which yeah. suggests that mm, no, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, I wasn't saying um, I like it. I really liked Pikachu. Yeah, I was saying well, I was pointing to the, our surroundings. So we're recording this in Brick Lane. Oh yeah, and a lot of Detective Pikachu is filmed in and around London. Um, so in this area, in this area, in the area we're we're recording this in. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a scene right in the end where they get on the train station. And the train station is just Liverpool Street, mm-hmm. just CGI'd up a bit. Uh, there's a whole action scene in Cargo nightclub around what? the corner. Yeah, the, the underground Pokemon battle. It's oh, cargo. that was here. Yeah, oh. it's Cargo. The nightclub is like that not way. Here. No, this nightclub, um, Glasshouse Brick Lane. It's like, like that way. Um, so yeah. when I, when I watched the film. Uh, so I watched it at a very early screening with a whole bunch of film critics at like 9am it was just full of children who really like Pokemon uh, and there were two or three scenes where I was giggling 
<laughs> and the, I remember looking to my right as an eight-year-old kid looking at what's funny. I went, that's, I just went, that's, I know where that is in London. I had that with, I'm going to, so there was a Christmas movie that came out last year. Uh, wait, last Christmas? No, it was, wait, no, yeah, last Christmas. Yeah. So I watched yeah. last Christmas as a, a movie basically written around the song last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Um, and I watched it here. I watched it at, um, the next day. thingy down the road. Uh, the cinema rich mix i watched it a rich mix and a load of that movie is shot like right around here and that was super weird no oh, well i guess when i was watching sonic i thought well the studio that made sonic games is right behind the theater <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite bit of detective pikachu maggie um ryan reynolds <laughs> <laughs> i think we know what it no, takes the bulbasaur the bulbasaur is uh, definitely the bulbasaur the bulbasaur were yeah. very cute okay yeah. alex favorite part of detective pikachu um, probably Mr. Mime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they went, great scene. They went all in on it, and I think, uh, and like owned how weird that Pokemon is, and didn't like try and redesign it to be like not weird anymore. It's a very weird Pokemon. Mm. It's a beautifully animated film. Yeah. And now, weird ending. Really we weird. We can't ending. talk about the ending, it's too recent. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good film apart from the last 20 minutes and you're like, huh? Do you know what I liked about Detective Pikachu was how many Pokemon there were, which mm. sounds weird, but like I watched uh, the His Dark Materials adaptation on yeah. the BBC. There are not enough demons in that. Like every human being has a demon. Where are all yeah. the demons? That is so yeah. true. There should be animals everywhere yeah. in that show and there aren't. But when you watch Detective Pikachu, there are Pokemon Straight everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, all the police officers have got like a little Growlithe mm. with them and, and you can't help but think like, what would my partner Pokemon be? <laughs> Jigglypuff. Uh, Jigglypuff was great. Yes, it was Jigglypuff. I thought it Standing looked a bit on a like bar. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, <laughs> little curl. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, Detective Pikachu was good, right? So mm. your second favorite. Yeah. Alex, you liked it? Um, Love, like, okay, hate, dislike. I, it was okay. It was fine. Uh, it was, I mean, it's like, it was, I really liked the Pokemon bits. And then the rest of it was just like, movie. But like, so there should have been no people in it, just Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it, they did with the story of they didn't just tell a traditional. It is a legitimate, good det detective noir, just with Pokemon mm. in yeah. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, think, I think light, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's sort of, it's, there's a good mystery to it, and they're, they're going on the quest to go figure out where where the main character's dad died or disappeared to, and they just are going to solve this. And there are Pokemon involved, and there's there's got some really good slapstick it's got some really good visual jokes of just how pokemon work in this world and like the choice of pokemon mm. for certain professions in that flint mm. in the old flintstones joke of oh yeah you know if you in the flintstones if you hit the remote the remote opens up and the bird flies from the remote and switches on the tv i can't yes. remember that but okay. there are certain things in detective pikachu like oh yeah of course that pokemon would work in a coffee shop versus the yeah. pokemon that would work yeah. in the medical facility versus the pokemon that would Wait, be a which, hotelier which pokemon was in the coffee shop again Never mind. <laughs> in, uh, in Pokemon Sword and one. Shield, it's the cream, cream, the creamy, the cream Pokemon. I had, I had started watching this um, movie. Like I had started on a, a point of disappointment with this film wow. of my own fault because there was in like a year before uh, the movie came out, there was this like YouTube meme of them replacing the voice of Pikachu with um danny devito's voice <laughs> and i had completely forgotten that that was a meme 
And I had like for nine months or whatever between oh that, I was like, oh yeah, Danny DeVito is going to be Pikachu. Oh. This is going to be amazing. Oh, no. uh, and so I started watching the movie and I was like, okay, Pikachu's coming. Because it's going to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then it was, uh, it wasn't Danny DeVito. I was like, oh fuck, what my last nine months of my life for a lie. <laughs> Um, I'd love to see that movie. Though. Yeah, I mean, kind of, I feel like what I would have really liked is if De- Detective Pikachu had been a noir film and had been kind of like leaning into that dark, serious uh, world in a way. It had to be I know it can. If I'm saying like what I would have really liked was yeah. to maybe drop all of like the light, fluffy kids joke stuff. Uh, I and, kind uh, of already Detective Pikachu? It doesn't have to be already. No, it doesn't need to be like, yeah, it doesn't need to be all... Even the violence. It was a little more kid friendly than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. So we've talked about movies that are adaptations of uh, video games, but one thing we haven't really touched on yet, and it's something a lot of people brought up, is movies that are kind of about video game culture more generally, uh, or kind of uh, alongside video games. Um, So... Colm Seeley said, I'm really interested in video game ideas and imagery creeping into movies. Fave examples, the source code finale going for the S rank. Edge of Tomorrow, learning through failure. This is one you brought up uh, after which I, uh, Carl, I'm pointing to Carl for people who are only (laughs) listening. um, At which point I sent you my article about time loop games, which everyone should read. It's a great article. It's on Medium. Uh, John Wick 3, Elite Guards and Changing Loadout. Uh, and 1917, this is one a lot of people have pointed out. So uh, Colm says stumbling across events in an open world. A lot of people have said basically it's, you've seen 1917. You haven't seen 1917? 1917 is like a, watching a Let's Play yeah. of Medal of Honor. <laughs> there you go. So a ringing endorsement for 1917. <laughs> um, Snaky David said, yeah, I prefer films rooted uh, in the language of video games than direct adaptations. So Inception, Matrix as realities that can be playfully interacted with, Mm. Scott Pilgrim, video game references and aesthetics. So this is one that you brought up as well, Maggie. Mm -hmm. Um, Run, Lola Run, Edge of Tomorrow and Groundhog Day, uh, the kind of principle of retrying. So movies about video games, when I was looking at the kind of history of these, seem to have started much earlier than movie adaptations of video game stories. Do you have any theories as to why Alex is our resident film buff? Uh, probably just due to source material and marketability. Okay. Uh, games, especially. Call I mean, saying money. <laughs> <laughs> there are only a handful of games, I guess, even in the late '80s uh, or up to the late '80s, you could say, that had much complexity in their narrative structure oh, and then, the movie of Pong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you can combine that even just with like specific games they're just much smaller like mm. the and to where the market marketability realistically convincing as special effects team to try and do this thing for a thing that's at the time very niche mm. uh was probably a really hard ask but the concept of games of of games themselves like mm. as a whole versus a single uh a single game is a lot was a lot broader i mean arcades were were very big there is a pac-man movie I haven't seen it. <laughs> is it recent? Yeah, fairly. I think it's animated. 
Oh, okay. Right. In the whole like late two th- late mm. two thousand twenty tens yeah. thing of like making any movie about any property mm. you can that led <laughs> us to the like what are those little Malays. not Sylvanian families. What are the ones that are like Lego Play- but aren't Playmobil? Playmobil. There's a Playmobil oh, movie. Yeah. There's the emoji movie. Roblox. Yeah. I have Roblox. seen the emoji movie and ten out of ten. Oh Carl. Uh, <laughs> I remember leaving it and I said, I have seen the face of the beast and it's voiced by James Corden. <laughs> I remember I watched that in uh, I watched that in a screening with King who make Candy Crush mm. and they were very very proud of getting a there's a getting a placement within the Emoji movie because they're traveling through the phone and they mm. eventually land in Candy Crush and there's a bit where they play Candy Crush so I was watching this film and then when they get into the Candy Crush bit everyone in the cinema cinema screening I was watching this in a Golden Square and so that screen mm-hmm. so everyone in the screening room starts applauding because. It's Candy Crush and it's King, so they've got that, <laughs> and it was just what a weird. It was, weird. <laughs> that's the most surreal cinema experience, movie going experience I've ever had. Watching the Emoji Movie with people who are just glad who paid a bunch of money to have something. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched it. I watched it twice because I was so. <laughs> what? I watched it once in the screening, and I was so befuddled, and huh. <laughs> buy it i had to watch it again to double check what i'd seen do you, have you ever read a lovecraft Dune book like a lovecraft book mm. so there's a bit tends to be in a lovecraft story where the you know the character sees the old one or like the mm. evil and they just go absolutely mad for a bit i remember i watched the emoji movie and i just went <laughs> <laughs> and i remember leaving and I'm surrounded by King, and I said, "What did you think?" And I said, "Yep, that's a movie." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just told the person I, who was a film critic, I went, "We should get a drink <laughs> because we need one." Yeah, and and then I watched it again. <laughs> I think you should watch it. I've I've written a piece on Medium about why you have to watch the Emoji movie. Wow, okay. Because it's one of those okay. films where we'll have to look that up. Like, yep. it, it broke even. Right? Making a link. Like it broke even. It's one of those films where even the moment it was released, it had turned a profit because of all of the marketing deals involved in getting licenses signed off. Which is more than can be said by cats. Yeah, cats. right. So yeah. It, it's. Wow, <laughs> I'm okay. just pulling the face because I'm thinking about the emoji. I was movie. gonna, I was gonna say like, oh, I'm sorry that we diverged and talked about the emoji movie, but if it has Candy Crush in it, it is a video game movie, yeah. so and it fits it, within this conversation. It is, it is very video game because they have the bit where basically that one of the emojis is a glitch and they have to travel through parts of the phone so they can fix the phone before the phone gets rebooted and they delete everything in the phone. Um, so there's a bit there's, high stakes. Yeah. So there's so there's the bit where they have to go to Candy Crush. There's the bit where they go to Dropbox. There's the bit where they go into Just Dance and they have to play Just Dance. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So and all of these different apps have clearly paid money to have their app, to have their app mentioned within right. the film, which is why that film turned a profit. Which is wow. why I think it's. Yeah, I'm just thinking. About it. My brain's just melting again. Yeah. I just, huh? It, yeah. Well, wow. maybe this will help. Uh, let's travel back in time to <laughs> 1983 and the movie War Games. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Uh, will Freeman, who is Spaggy OTA on Twitter, said, War Games is pretty fascinating. Hacker kid, assuming he is playing video games, is beginning World War Three. A novel spin on the games influencing reality thing and games as a mirror to reality and a very early representation of modems and hacking to the masses. Also, jolly good Cold War thriller with video games used as a tool to provoke thought around complex political happenings and had a big influence on early internet policies and governments considering computer security seriously. 
Mm. Um, I like it because War Games is obviously influenced by video games, but then video game designers took inspiration from the film in turn mm. when creating yeah. uh, and marketing games like Hacker and Uplink. So when I wrote about this for Medium about hacking games, uh, and I'll include a link, but when Activision was marketing Hacker, they got press to sit down at computers and then made it seem like the computers had like that they'd accidentally hacked into something and that was kind of part of the marketing for the game. Um, and, or a story like that, it's in my article. Uh, and Uplink uh, is is inspired by War Games. So that's another hacking game that was made uh, here in the UK, I think. Uh, so Alex, were you playing video games when you saw this film? And did that kind of endear you to the protagonist? Um, I was playing games, certainly. I mean, I probably saw this when I was like 11 mm. for saw the first time when i was around 11 after i had told my dad how much i liked the book ender's game mm. uh and he was like oh i've got a little film for you <laughs> um but i think that actually thinking about it uh now as myself then i actually think that the game the representation of games in that film were probably unrecognizable to me as games as a child because i was like probably obsessed with golden eye or something at the mm. time and the stuff that that film was really represented was stuff like defender and text-based text-based sci-fi adventure games which are a older completely, than you a completely <laughs> different yeah, <laughs> uh, realm of uh of what yeah what's going through an 11 year old uh in the mid 90s or whatever so um i don't yeah i mean now i can see it as a a game a movie with video game um in it but as a kid it was just like oh matthew broderick hacker is so cool <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, like uh, all the adults in that movie are also like kind of i don't know boobs <laughs> like just uh rubes um and uh it's very i can be very appealing to a i to don't know kids yeah mm. yeah uh, but not in, like, i feel like not in the pandering way uh still in because there's still a lot of not a lot. This is an a, amazing film. It's a pretty good film. <laughs> uh, but there is a there's a fair amount of, yeah, like all of the sort of uh, tension and thriller-ness in this, in the movie. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, at the time, tenuously would have been, I would have connected it to games. I'm sure that, I'm sure in 1993 it would have been. Ah, uh, uh, there's hackers. Hack the planet. You're zero cool. Oh, this was great. <laughs> Yeah, Hackers was also cool. I guess not. Did they play? Yeah, they played games in Hackers. They, they played an early version of Wipeout, huh. but it wasn't called Wipeout, but it was actually Wipeout. It was like the alpha of Wipeout. Ah, <laughs> good times. Oh, I like Hackers. I watched that for the first time recently. Um, and then in 1999, there was a movie called Existenz. Okay. With a Z. Or yeah. exist. How would you pronounce it? Uh, I mean, probably just how you would... Existence. Existence. But I think it's the name... So, well, this, ga this game... It is a game because <laughs> it's the name of the game in the movie that the movie's about. Okay. So Sarah uh, Ford mentioned this on Twitter as uh, well. It's a strange movie, uh, but in the sense that, like, all David Cronenberg films are strange. He So he directed this movie. It's one of his... Probably a minor film. Uh, he's... You might know, like, The Fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made The Fly and a lot of those weird, grotesque, cerebral horror films in the 80s. Uh, this movie came out, I think, in the same month as The Matrix. And these movies are the same movie. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but one, like The Matrix is kung fu in a simulation. Mm. And Existence is experimental virtual, virtual reality uh, without kung fu. <laughs> oh, um, 
there's still like there's a lot of uh kind of cronenberg gore in it which is important to the thesis of the plot because it's like a biological virtual reality that makes it indistinguishable from uh from reality because you can Ooh. feel uh like it taps into your spine kind of thing Ooh. it's uh yeah uh, it's you don't sound very jazzed on this film. No, I think it's. Yeah. A good, I think it's. Oh, a good that's Grace. What is that? <laughs> is oh, it's Grace. We have uh, Kit has googled. Uh, I think this movie is better than The Matrix. Existential. Huge. Wow. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it's just unfortunate that it was released a couple of weeks like within The Matrix. Uh, I think even if I remember correctly, Cronenberg had a really hard time getting this movie, getting funding for this movie, both because it was k- kind of weird, but. The entire Hollywood knew that The Matrix had been in production for four or five years and was being released in the summer. Mm. And his production timeline was in the same period. And like, we're not going to put this concept up against something that's going to make a gajillion dollars. Yeah, you can't fight with Keanu. No, no one can fight Keanu. <laughs> I feel like we're going to use that clip for the preview for the episode. Just like, this movie is better than The Matrix. Leave people guessing what movie we're talking about. Um, and then, so we've got Scott Pilgrim versus The World, which is based on a comic that was also adapted into a fighting game in around the same time. So they came out, I think, in the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie also features video game themes. So Scott has to battle his love interest's evil exes, who are kind of like video game bosses. And there's video game imagery and sound effects throughout. So I think well, like when he's peeing, doesn't like a meter go like... Bling? Yep. Being wary of things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely adored yeah. Scott Pilgrim. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it's it started, film. the film starts, It they do... It's Paramount? I think it's Paramount. It has like the heavily pixelated coin-up version of the Paramount Pictures logo. I remember just like, what? mouth agape <laughs> they're going all in um i loved it i re- it's really weird if you have no idea what video games it was are. strange yeah mm. it, it was it was quite strange even knowing what video games are it's so hyper stylized mm. they, they they do film so yeah you know in the book um scott pilgrim wants to date ramona flowers uh everyone's like we can't date and why you have to defeat my seven evil exes uh, he's like, oh. the archetypal manic pixie dream girl yes. ramona yes. flowers yeah. Uh, it's like ha 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 and he's like no you, you you have to and the book i remember reading the book and watching i watched i watched the film first then i bought the books and i remember reading the books afterwards and my friend went, you know that's satire right I went, what he goes yeah <laughs> so I, like, I watched the film and i loved it and i like oh my god i'm like scott i just want that because i was a terrible 18 year old um and my, and my friends just went dude it's satire mm-hmm. what, what, what do you mean and he's like you're not scott bad uh, and like took maybe two or three times reading mm. the Scott Pilgrim stuff mm. to realize the Scott Pilgrim film is so cool and so Edgar Wright kinetic yeah. energy. Edgar Wright directed it and it's mm. got that, you know, hyper size. I'm running in, I'm running out. Uh, here's a pixelated bit. So there's a bit where he has to fight maybe the fifth and sixth boyfriends. And uh, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to get a life. And then oh, the yeah. one up symbol pops up and mm. he grabs it and he goes from that stuff. And then he fights the seven boyfriend and then all of a sudden something happens and you unlock like the secret boss fight like in all boss battles like Negascott and it (laughs) drops down Um, the interesting thing about the Scott Pilgrim film was when they were making it they were only on book six of the seven books so um, they didn't know what the how the book series would end when they were making the film (laughs) yeah like Game of Thrones oh god so the books had a very Archie comic style who's Scott going to end up with yeah um, and the books took one route and the film took another route, which is probably why I didn't understand the film was... Ah. I didn't understand Scott Pilgrim was satire because I watched the film first. Mm. The yeah. video game that I came out... I the books. Oh, yeah. 
uh, so the video it was sort of like a you know cross media thing. So the yeah. video game was a very straightforward Streets of Rage yeah. style thing. Really cool. The music was great. Yeah, really cool coin up stuff. Yes, it was yes, really it was. Yeah. Yes, I loved it. You could play four player. Four player. I can't remember playing. I may be playing two. Yeah, but I guess you could yeah, you go could up to four player. You could pick all the ancillary characters as well, mm -hmm. and it had multiple endings based on what character you completed as, which was quite cool. So I think that's quite common in fighting games. Yeah. yeah. So. Like across all Scott Pilgrim media, there's at least four or five endings that are canon, which I thought were pretty cool. Okay. So it sounds like Carl liked all the video game references. Maggie, do you ever feel like when movies play with video game themes like this, it is a little bit pandery? A little bit, but yeah. I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> so. Pander to me. <laughs> more and more. <laughs> I will say this. I feel like, I mean, I'm not a huge, because of what you just said, I'm not a huge mm. Scott Pilgrim fan. But what mm. I will give to Scott Pilgrim all of that is that that feels like something that was made by people who really love video games mm. versus ready player one was Oof. made by something that people know that video game stuff will make money yeah uh, uh you want to talk about ready player one alex <laughs> go ahead <laughs> i mean i i hate that movie uh i don't know what the what consensus is the around i didn't know there was a book i mean i guess that's kind of would be irrelevant. I usually take those things separate from each other anyway. The movie uh, is a lot better than the book. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. The book I mean, is bad. I feel really bad. So the, bad book was, the book was a <laughs> big book. deal. And I remember when they went, oh, we're going to turn it into a Spielberg film. And the film, you know, a couple months before the film came out, I'll read this book. And I bought the book. And I was reading it. And I went, okay, interesting concept. Well, you know, there's this like super powered up Tron haptic yeah. connected with Facebook mm -hmm. and whatever. And everyone's queued up. I went, okay, cool. So I read the first hundred pages. went, Okay, reference, 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 yeah. reference. You're going to spend those pages in references. But I'm assuming you're going to realize this is bad and then you should save people in the real world <laughs> and then you will do some real world adventure. Like, nah, cool, yeah, nerd yeah. stuff. And it just kept doing that. Whereas in the film, they at least play with it a bit more and it's a bit more you have to do stuff in the real world. And the film has the advantage of rather than spend hundreds of pages explaining all the references mm. that you get in the book, it, it will just go, oh, look, Master Chief's in the corner. You just mm. recognize it, yeah. yeah. Oh, and there are at least modern references? Yeah. Oh, because in the book, it's all like 80s shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tiring. Anyway, Alex, the movie, continue. I'm sure you had more to say about this. Uh, no, I mean, he kind of, Carl covered it, really. It's like, uh, I mean, as far as what you're talking about, the reference, reference, reference thing, like that was just felt like, advert after advert after advert shoehorned in where the producers are thinking the kids are gonna love this shit which i guess a lot of them did love that shit but mm. i would I argue steven spielberg making a halfway decent movie of ready player one is up there with his greatest achievements like uh, taking that source material and turning wow. it into a, a, that partway decent film okay oh yeah the book it's is not, really bad it's, wow. not, it's not his top I'm five not read it but it's his top 15 of just like okay. dude you turn chicken shit into some yeah palatable chicken salad <laughs> is there still the girl who he falls in love with even though she has a birthmark yep right okay uh, what yep that's in the book even though okay she has a she's I, not hot i like this more than sonic <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> so sonic worse I, than ready player one uh, I, I actually felt like i wish i'd seen this when i was like 12 or 14 mm. then yeah, i would have just like 11. loved it you know really yeah, yeah. maybe younger <laughs> but Having seen it older, I kind of felt like, yeah. Mm. I mean, I can't it's even say it's halfway decent. Ready I, mean, I would say Steelbrook. halfway decent. Ready Player One was mm. sort of the genesis of mm. my friends going, was it funny or did you just understand the references? Which mm. is sort of the code where we mm. do. Like, yeah. Is this funny or 
Judas on the Sun reference, which is a, like, a lot of internet humor. Just crazy. Yeah, it's, Do you yeah. know what this thing is? It plays into now that gamer, gamer culture of like, we're special. We understand yeah, things yeah. that the rest of you don't. Yeah. I found it a bit creepy that you had to know stuff about the game creator uh, rather than the games themselves, except at the very end. Yeah. And that was kind of creepy. Mm. It's got a better yeah. ending than the, than the book. And okay. it, it, it does the Spielberg thing of, and like quite a few of the video game, well, just quite a few adaptations. It's like, oh, wait, no, this is quite janky. Let me fix this. Mm. And it, it just fixes a lot of things in the book. And I think, yeah, I, I'm the film I wouldn't recommend to anyone. It's got loads of references. I found some of the references they chose weird. So sort of like, why is Tracer in here? Like, I understand why oh. Tracer's here. But Tracer was only a thing Money? for yeah. about nine months. In, like, in, in terms of yeah. Overwatch being a video game. Overwatch had maybe existed for less than a year. Yeah, Tracer was... People like, still play Overwatch. I People play, loved Overwatch, but also in, in terms of a film... So obviously the Ready Player One set in the far future and it's talking about all these iconic things from back in the day before humanity collapsed. And Tracer was there and I went... Yeah. That's bold. Has she yeah. got that staying power? Maybe not. This, the movie was written like with all the advertisers on board like, and all of this i mean I, I would actually believe if steven spielberg had never played a video game in his entire life and then made this film and that's that's untrue like, i'm sure it's he untrue made a video game spielberg's a huge game spielberg's the reason we've got medal of honor uh i would believe having seen player one that it would be the case that he had never played one i'm not saying it's the truth mm. but like the not a real ready player one uh ready player one seems so disconnected he had his from own video game studio I'm not saying I don't <laughs> do it. I just mean it seems so disconnected from like how, well, certainly how I, which is obviously not the norm. There's definitely like gamers out there, you know, who who really ate this up, uh, and like, but it just, it just felt so slimy. The whole game, the whole game, whole movie, uh, really slimy. I don't know, and it made me un I cringed multiple I times watching that movie. I enjoyed bits, but I also get cringe a lot. <laughs> yeah, so not worth yeah. me seeing. No. This is this whole episode watch is basically Warcraft. me asking yeah, people what movies I should watch. Uh, Steven Spielberg made a game called Boom Blocks. Watch Tron. Yes, for yeah. So Tron is the next one we're going to talk about, actually. Tron Legacy. Oh. Uh, oh. Is one that, <laughs> Tron Legacy is one that was mentioned by people on Twitter. Okay. So at Gadget78 said, don't forget about Tron. Tron Legacy was a hugely underrated film with a superb soundtrack by Daft Punk. Watch that in 3D IMAX. It was stunning. Uh, we can also talk about Tron more generally, I sure. guess. I mean, I could imagine that watching Tron Legacy in a 3D IMAX would be cool. I don't know if that makes it a good film, but it's like it's a fun experience, you know. Weird. Uh, so I love Tron, watching Tron as a kid. and Yeah you know was of that sort of oh video games are a thing and then you know my uncle went, oh you like video games here's a film that <laughs> i love you that you watch. both have these adults in your life giving <laughs> you this education yeah. he was like oh, i quite like kung fu he's like i'm gonna show you drunken master 2 um skipping the first one drunken master 2 is better um <laughs> tron yeah tron. so uh, sh showed me tron i went oh this is a kind of cool film light bikes are really cool and uh, tron is a fairly fun Throw away Disney movie where they go into virtual reality and they play a game. Throw away? <laughs> <laughs> Outside of light bikes, how often do you think of Tron? Uh, I'm not going to say I sit here and think about it every day, I but I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good film. It's okay. I think it defined an art style in media that is prevalent even now. Uh, with, uh, I mean, Katana Zero is based and Hotline Miami and stuff. All of this, all this art style comes from Tron. Tron-esque. 
qualities. I don't say. see that arrow, but I'm going to look for it more. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying I need to look harder. You need to make a video about this. Yeah. yeah. Video essay. Um, I think you yeah, could, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. For so, <laughs> so that was Tron. And then Tron Legacy is just huge, like, story of paternal love and abandonment. And it, like, slams on this thing about Escape from Planet X. So, you know, it's got a... Uh, he was a big deal for like a very short space of time and everyone, oh wait, you're not a Hollywood action star as the main character. I forget his name. Because Kit, Tron Legacy, main character, actor. And while Kit's looking for that, I just want to ask, Tron Legacy had him falling in love with a woman who was Olivia like Wilde. digital, right? Yes. She wasn't real. So, uh, so the plot is Jeff Bridges' character from the first Tron has disappeared mm. since yeah, okay. then and, and the main character played by, I want to say Garrett Hedlund. There you go. Why is my brain retain that? Um, <laughs> Garrett Hedlund is, is like the hacker guy who who doesn't work for the company, but constantly hacks the company. But like, it's not anyone's problem because I own the okay. shares. Um, there's a cool bit right at the start where they very clearly set up someone to be the villain for Tron Two, Killian uh, <laughs> Murphy, um, like the rival hacker for Tron Two. Yes. yes. Um, so that goes on, and he's like, "I haven't seen my dad." One of the characters goes, "Hey, your dad." There, there was a signal in Flynn's. Go check, check it, it out. out. And then he gets sucked into Tron okay. and they do the whole Tron like bike stuff, blah, 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 meet a character, meets Olivia Wilde, who's like, hi, I'm this, I'm, I'm a thing called an ISO. What's that? I don't know, because that was clearly going to be stuff for future things. And then they meet Jeff Bridges and Jeff Bridges is like, hey, so I wasn't, you know, messing around in the Tron universe. And then we found, and then basically these things appeared called ISOs and they were like made of data and mm-hmm. they were human. And I decided to look after them. And it was a great tragedy. Olivia Wilde's the last one. I'm protecting her. We also, um, this whole like Tron thing has been broken since Garrett Hedlund came in, so you need to get out of it. But it's all about like, Dad, I haven't seen you in years, and Dad's like, No, I've got, I've, I need to belong here. And it's got like a great soundtrack. Yeah, good soundtrack. A great remix soundtrack as well. Um, Daft Punk, but also, yeah. he falls in love with a digital with like yeah. an AR. And they escape into the real world yeah, at the end, it's... and you're very much. What is Olivia Wilde made of? And they were going to make yeah. a Tron 3. And they said Tron 3 will address social media and the internet and all this and all this. And I, w- I was all on board for Tron 3. There will never be a Tron 3. Um, it's a beautiful film. It's got a great soundtrack. I was it has a lot to say. And I don't know why it has a lot to say. Tron Legacy or Tron? Tron Legacy is trying to say a lot. And I don't know why. <laughs> don't know. I've never felt. It's really long too. <laughs> like if- it, like it's, it's going for like his grand sci-fi it's a epic. double album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's a great, there's a great Martin, Martin Sheen, Michael Sheen, the one who did Twilight, <laughs> and like always loves doing Cappy films. Michael, Michael, Michael Sheen's in it as like a, 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 a much like in the Matrix and quite a few sci-fi films where they have the whole we're going to go to a nightclub and talk to the nightclub owner who has loads of information. Mm. So they do that with oh, Michael yeah, yeah. Sheen and Daft Punk's in the background, which yeah. I thought was cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, sticking with Disney because all movies are made by Disney now uh, Wreck-It Ralph uh, so at <laughs> Dmore Knox tweeted mine would be Wreck-It Ralph it managed to tell a very good story about personal identity and acceptance in a video game world by embracing the tropes and famous characters of the medium mm-hmm. uh, Maggie you saw Wreck-It Ralph both of them yeah first one was the arcade one and the second one was like the internet wasn't it Ralph breaks the internet oh yeah I haven't seen the second one how does it compare wow I can't remember I think I like the first one more though okay <laughs> Yeah, because the f- yeah. yeah, I didn't. I don't remember recognizing very many of the characters in the first one. Zangief? Donkey Kong, 
I think was Robotnik that? was there. There was a sort of like meet up for baddies uh, therapy group, I think. Mm. And it's like, we are the bad guys, but we are not bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. It was really cute. Um, what else happened? Da, da, da. Ralph tries to become a good guy. There was a little basically. kid who was a glitch, right? Yes. What was her name? Was it She's a Disney princess now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what her name Expand was. Expand your repertoire, princesses. Um, no, I can't remember either. It was something about being zoomy and fast in a car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a Mario Kart style game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I guess. Like all bubblegum princesses or candy. Something like the Candy Kingdom, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Good video game movie. What it's do you fun. think? It's fantastic. Good fun? Personal yeah. favorite of Kanye West. He, he's brought up in multiple interviews about how much he loves Wreck-It Ralph. Thought, oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's, I think during the Zane Lone, he was like, you know the glitch from Wreck It Ralph? Like, I'm the glitch. Is um, that why they named it Ralph Breaks the Internet? Because wasn't Thingy Breaks the Internet originally because of Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian, yes. yeah. The first Wreck It Ralph film is amazing and fantastic. The second yeah. one. Mm, I has, can't remember much. So the first one is telling this very coherent story of yeah. you know, basically, I'm a bad guy. Am I, a bad, am I born to be bad? Yeah. And like, it does the fun video game tropes and whatnot. You're like, cool. You've used video game stuff to tell a really nice story that we can all sort of see ourselves in. Yeah. And then Wreck-It Ralph 2 was just references. Mm. References. Mm. References. But what was the story of it again? You see? I, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> you described it references. perfectly. Like, you like the first one, but you don't really yeah. know what happened in the second one. The first, the first Wreck-It Ralph film is up there with some of the best of P Disney Pixar. I think so. Mm, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think so. No, and I then it. the second one is, is fine. But I, uh, you forgot it the moment you left the cinema. Not memorable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's one you do remember, Maggie. Uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, oh, yeah. We watched this together recently. Yes. Uh, can you explain why it is a video game movie? Ha ha ha. So, <laughs> why? Well, it turns out that Jumanji the board game has been buried in, in the first movie, wasn't it? And someone found it uh, in, for some reason, the basement of a high school. So these four kids who are in detention pick it up and decide it's much more fun to play this random black box stuff it look it looks like a i don't know it's like a mega drive isn't it i guess yeah, yeah. i mean it isn't a real console but they find it and they're like let's just give this a go it sounds better than cleaning up this basement <laughs> and they all get sucked in and play video game characters <laughs> including the rock yes oh yeah yes. classic love yeah. a video game movie with the rock in it and they've all got three lives they've got to figure out um their superpowers they find out when they touch their hearts um, their stats pop up <laughs> and all their abilities uh, they find out that they've got a tattoo suddenly on their wrists and it's not a tattoo it's their lives um, and they've got to get to the end together basically and there's npcs the that was oh, my gosh, favorite part the, <laughs> the one in the like pulls up in the little car and is like yeah. hi i've got a quest for you and then like says the line and then yeah. just says it again <laughs> and again and again you can't really have a proper conversation yeah oh. have you seen the sequel no not, not yet right isn't the sequel is crazy? Really? No. no. Uh, so there's Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and there's Jumanji Two, which is the one that just but came out like two months ago. I mean, there's Jumanji. There's just Jumanji. Oh no! It's, oh, no yes. You're like, correct. It's Jumanji, oh. and there's Jumanji: The Next Level. I Can I get some subtitles? So there's original Jumanji where they play yeah. board yeah. game. Yeah. 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 But this is the, Jumanji with a video. So game. Right, Jumanji: The Reboot. Basically, the board game wants to be played, but no one plays board games anymore. So, so it, it changes itself. It transforms right, itself right, into yeah. a video game. And then these four kids get sucked in during attention to play. So the sequel of the reboot. Yes. Yeah. So okay. the sequel of the reboot is really fun because oh. two of the original characters from, well, two of the characters from the reboot the yeah. are zapped back in. But they also accidentally zap in for some reason. Danny DeVito what? and Donald Glover. <laughs> Alex 
makes you wish. <laughs> so what happens? What happens? So you know, the first Jumanji reboot film uh, has there you know, four characters from the from the school all playing together, yeah. and then two of the characters from the school get zapped back in yeah. in different bodies, oh. and then Danny DeVito and Donald Glover, Donald Glover, not Donald Glover. Childish Gambino, but Donald Trump <laughs> from Lethal Weapon, oh, right. get zapped in. <laughs> but the really fun thing is, while the video game character is still the same, so it's still Karen Gillan, it's still Kevin Hart, yeah. it's still Jack Black, and it's still The Rock, the protagonist from the real world, they've all mixed ah. up. Ah. <laughs> so the person who played Jack Black's character in the first one, yeah. is, or like the person that sucked in and became yeah. Jack Black, is no longer the same person that sucked in and has to be Jack Black mm. in the sequel. Wild. And it's got a super cool ending. <laughs> oh okay. here's something weird um oh so it's based on books and books has zathura in its canon and so there's zathura a space adventure 2005 oh yeah so it's like jumanji 95 Zath- zathura 2005 jumanji welcome to the jungle 2017 jumanji the next level 2019 <laughs> and a sequel coming up to all <gasps> that as well yeah jumanji 3 wow. Okay. I'm very excited for Jumanji. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another recommendation for film night. Thank you. We'll see that one next. Yeah. Um, so talking about video games, about uh, video games, about movies, about video games. So uh, I mentioned Ollie Welsh's review of the Sonic movie for Eurogamer earlier. It begins with this paragraph. The funny thing about video game movies is that the unlicensed ones seem to understand their source material better than the official tie-ins do. Look at 1982's Tron or 2012's Wreck-It Ralph with all due props to Disney, which produced both. The appeal of these two pictures hinges on an invitation to step through the screen and inhabit the weird and wonderful world of video games. Uh, Would you agree that unlicensed movies understand their source material better than official tie-ins? Alex, you're nodding? Uh, I mean, it's not that it has to understand or not understand the source material, I feel like it's just important to put some creative vision into what you want to do and not just like try and, we talked about it earlier as far as like the, whatever, framing for frame, a a creation of a a movie creation of a game where instead just use some creative license, have a vision and tell a story. It doesn't have to, like it's connected to the universe of the game, but it doesn't have to be telling that, doesn't have to be telling Resident Evil 1 Mm. uh, the story. It can just be its own thing. And uh, and use that medium to tell to do something new. Uh, and I mean, Tron came at a time, I guess, when there was a handful of video games in existence, <laughs> so it, it had a, a bit of a license there. But uh, and I haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph, I can't speak to that. But I just I feel like it's important that they just do what do your thing, do your own thing, have a voice. I think the problem is, um, well, video games are inherently an interactive medium right mm-hmm. and like the thrill of it is you spend all these hours doing stuff and being the protagonist and the moment you watch a film of that it's going to be less interesting yeah so i spent around about the best part of 120 hours playing mass effect and mass effect's one of the best video game stories of all time like, we should make a mass effect film there is no version of a film set in a mass effect like doing shepherd's mass effect thing that will be as interesting to me as Playing. when I played it, because mm. I was Shepard. Mm. Yeah. Me watching someone be Shepard is mm. inherently less interesting. So this is why the best video game movies aren't necessarily based on works, but just use video game things, because there is no version of an Assassin's Creed film that is as exciting as me jumping off the tower. An mm. Assassin's Creed film that is as exciting as me jumping off the tower, because I'm the one pushing to go forward, mm-hmm. whereas in the film yeah. is Michael Fassbender doing it. And even it could be the best, most consistent one-to-one recreation of it but it's still not me hitting yeah. right trigger so yeah. i'm less interested yeah. which is why 
the better ones just cherry pick stuff or and like again video game lore and video game stories weren't very good so even the ones that are one-to-one are copying quite boring stories mm. so like the assassin's creed movie i mean assassin's creed there's a <laughs> storyline is bizarre yeah, the assassin's that. creed movie is like, oh man this is a lot and that should have worked because assassin's creed the first film is we've put you into a video game mm. called the aspergo you know doing things and in the movie you're like you've done the right idea by kind of removing most of the future stuff out mm. but it's still not going to be as interesting because i'm not the one in control and this is why uh, you can put as many first person action sequences in it and you can put as many oh my god and it's that character like that from the comic book it doesn't work because you're not in control so some of the ones that i got excited for as a kid were like, oh my god they're gonna make max Payne. max Payne works I got, I got really excited for Max Payne the movie because Max Payne had a good storyline. And I thought if you just do the Max Payne storyline in the film, it'd be cool. And I didn't want to want it. But also it just wasn't as interesting because I wasn't the one activating mm, bullet time yeah. when I wanted to. Mm. Having said that, while I totally agree with everything you just said, you know, it really isn't the same when you're not the one in charge. Um, I still really want to see a StarCraft movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay good money to see that. Yeah, I think right? what, what they should do. Even the fancy seats? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the ones that we've been the most jazzed about on this podcast today have been the ones that have been, yeah, they kind of took the storyline and then did it something else. So mm. if you did another Mortal Kombat, don't tell the story of a Mortal Kombat game, but just be like, hey, so you know who Sub-Zero is? This is Sub-Zero's storyline in this universe doing stuff. Um, I'm assuming when they make the Mortal Kombat film, Scorpion will be the main character and it'll be all about Scorpion's history. Just do that. Like, Scorpion's history is cool, but do it slightly different. Do what Marvel does, which make is... Make a human story about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> which is, you know, Marvel... Character study. <laughs> it, it is astounding that in 2020, where people aren't very jazzed on the nation of America, mm-hmm. mm. Captain America is one of the most beloved movie stars oh that butt though yeah god yeah as america (laughs) because what they did when they brought captain america went right what are these what are these character attributes did you say that is america's ass it's america he says that he literally has never seen any marvel movies it's like his thing (laughs) okay um i like that you know iron man's an arms dealer and they managed to make iron man to make him empathetic (laughs) and cool and whatnot because they just went right well how do we tell the best how do we tell the best possible story using Iron Man? Mm. And I remember reading Iron Man comics as a kid. I went, oh, wow, they're going to do Demon in a Bottle one day, which is, you know, Tony Stark is an alcoholic in the comics. And they just never did in mm. the movies because Kevin Feige ever went, eh, we can tell a better story without having to, talk, having to make an alcoholic. And I think that's what you do. If you're going to make Uncharted. Which they are. Which they yeah, are. They're now and on I, their seventh director. And I, yeah. And like, Uncharted, I love the Uncharted games. Ish. Like Unchart- <laughs> I, I can't really tell the plot of any Uncharted games because the thing about Uncharted was it looked like a movie and it looked like you got to play a movie and the mm. best things mm. about Uncharted were the huge action set pieces that looked like a film. Sure. Mm. I don't know how you do that when it just is a movie. I think like Nathan Drake's one-liners are probably quite a popular part of that, those games for yeah. people, just his kind of quips. I think if Bruce you feel Willis like... Bruce Willis type. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. I only really liked Nathan as a character in Uncharted 4 when it was sort of like, <clears throat> maybe I should be human and quit less. Um, but yeah, I have no idea how they're going to do that. And if they're going to make, if they're going to keep making video game movies, they should do, so for example, the Sonic film that you can't remember because like, mm. why would you take Sonic and put him in the real world? 
<laughs> and, I mean, yeah, he, he saved money. He beat like Detective Pikachu in the opening weekend at the box office somehow, yeah. which is mad. Uh, a lot of people but. beat Birds of Prey, which is weird beef. But yeah. yeah, just go out and go. We've got this character. What's the best possible story we can tell this character? Rather than we've got this character, yeah. how's the large amount of money we can do with this IP? It's like be the rogue one, right? Thank the you. The best Star Wars <laughs> film. Oh. Well, yeah. on that bombshell. Um, <laughs> Uh, as always, we follow up all of our food for thought with actual food, and I'm getting peckish. So, uh, Maggie, do you want to announce what you've brought, and I'll bring it up? Yes, I spent last night baking a cake of uh, wisdom, power, and courage. <gasps> what does that mean? It is a very slightly <laughs> Have you ever messy. Zelda. Force. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. From the Wind Waker, it's slightly broken. <laughs> wow. As is the Wind Waker game. Hey. No, that was the Fun Fancy theme. Now, what's the Wind Waker music? I'm opening up a case. We'll, uh, we'll add it in the end. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to hold it towards this camera. Ta-da! Triforce cake. Maybe don't hold it too virtually. I noticed that it's got it's got gold dust on top. That's right. I received some edible glitter from a wonderful person at Christmas. Aww. Guess who? So we're not actually going to eat this yet because we don't have knives and also it would be very messy. We're going to eat immediately after we finish filming and I know that's kind of breaking the rules but... You know, what are you going to do? We're still having it. Yeah, we're still going to eat it. So um, uh, does anyone have anything they want to share or recommend? Any? Do you want to point people towards your other work, for instance? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anchorman616. I write about video games, films. I uh, tweet a lot about football. I tweet a lot about anything I find interesting. <laughs> a lot of professional wrestling. I would recommend Matt McMuscles, his series on YouTube, What Happened, about video game, troubled video game design. I would also recommend YouTube essays, uh, I forget his real name, so I'm just going to use his YouTube name, which is Super Eye Patch Wolf, um, and he is Wolf. Irish and just tells you why games like Persona are really, really cool, uh, and why anime and wrestling and mangas are really, really cool. He's the reason why I watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, you recommended this at the end of Saturday Review. Everyone should get into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, so I, rec- I would recommend that YouTube essays as well. Um, yeah, and just what's just, the best wrestling video game? That's very specific. We'll be here for another <laughs> two hours. Okay, um, so next next week. <laughs> um, just like, be, it's, it's called liking games. Uh, and one thing that took me for ages to understand was games should be inclusive. Uh, inclusive and uh, no, you weren't bullied for liking video games. Because I think what's really interesting is we talk about video game movies. Video games have been cool for since the 80s, since mm. war games. And if you look at all of 90s, and 80s movies and action films. There are so many scenes set in arcades where mm. like, the protagonist is like, hey, I'll see you in the arcade because it was like the young the person cool place to be. version of the casino. Asterisk, if you're a man. Yes. You weren't believed mm. for playing video games. I, mm. well, I, well, I'll get into this another day. I think we lost something very nice when we got rid of arcade. I agree, yeah. That was a cool place to go to for dates. Yeah. Mm. And it was, it was all like friendly gym face. Like, it was, it, I'd never got called something when I lost the multiplayer game in an arcade where I was next to someone and then online play Mm. sorry I've ranted let's go find some arcades (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's do it Uh, anyone else got anything they want to recommend apart from arcades well apparently there is this is arcade related okay (laughs) a new gaming arcade in Birmingham I do want to check out okay it's just opened in the custard factory cool let's do that Alex uh I'm gonna go home and look up arcades in london yes there is a there's loading bar in dalston which is not too sure but i want to like there's four quarters in peckham uh there's red group gaming space down the corner oh which is pretty cool 
There you go. Yes, that's good. Uh, I want to recommend uh, learning a practical skill, for instance, baking or making your own clothes. Today I'm wearing a top that I made myself. Wow, <laughs> that's really nice. It's got a little button on the back. Oh, I did this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what camera I'm saying that to. I did this. Uh, So yeah, I want to recommend like learning how to make bread or learning how to sew clothes. I just, it makes you feel so empowered. Mm. It's like that thing we're all supposedly looking for from video games to like feel powerful, except it's something that you can actually take and do something like eat useful. (laughs) Yeah, like eat. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, we are going to go eat. Um, but if we've made you hungry, uh, then recipe for this? Uh, it was Just from it. the Violet Bakery. From the Violet Actually, Bakery. Yes. Uh, so you can search for that yourself. Uh, if you have any suggestions for food that we should try or topics we should talk about, please send them to uh, community at glasshouse.games. Post them on glasshouse.games or tweet us at GHG Show. You can watch more of our shows on YouTube or on glasshouse.games. And uh, thank you very much to all of my panelists, to Maggie. Thank you for having me. And Alex. Thank you. And special guest Carl. Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, to the wonderful Kit. Cheers. For making the show happen every week. And to Dan C. Parks for the music. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon. Mm-hmm.